shiny. Brand, that's so creative. It yeah. is oh. very creative. <laughs> it is. We get what we get with Randall Thor 90. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Live. Thank you so much for joining us. Here's some applause for no reason. Shout out to everyone. Listen to us on Spotify and Google and all that stuff. And Acer's here. How are you, Acer? Fantastic. This is going to be a fascinating, interesting, brilliant show. Everyone should stick around. The best part is at the end, so don't go anywhere. We actually don't have anything planned for the end, but don't go anywhere anyway. The entire show is going to be brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be about to have something <laughs> at the end. Um, it's just the last topic in the end. But it's going to be a great show. We're an esteemed company. One gent making his debut and the other with a trillion gamer score. Mm. A, a full-on celebrity. This man is going to host the show. I don't even need to speak. It's Randall 419! Mm. The intro. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me on again, Gaz. Asus, good to see you, Ham. I got to say, though, Gaz... You remember when you were very strict in the beginning of you can't come on my show unless you have a camera. Oh my! You God, were so strict about that, and here I am. I've been I've done your show like four times now, or whatever. And how many people have come non-cam? You and Dealer. And yeah. Two people make Dealer. I need to get Dealer on. But he's playing NBA 2K. But we, we that's it. That's it. we only play favorites with you two. Mm -hmm. No one else is allowed to do it. No one else. Nobody, Nobody else. else. Even, not even Phil Spencer. Can come here with no camera, mm. but you can. Well, no camera. Yeah. 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 It's a double yeah. negative. Mm. I don't... Rand, Elthor 19, how are you? I'm uh, doing pretty good. You know, I I'm, I'm, uh, did Xbox 2 yesterday, so I can't wait to re say the same things I just said a day later, but slightly different. Oh, you talked about Nintendo, did you? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, Jez <laughs> maybe have talked about Nintendo, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a snooze during that, up, that part, I guess. Uh, well, it was, ooh, we've got a lot to talk about, chat. But before we do that, we cannot forget the last gentleman making his debut in Goliath! It is Ham Solo! I've wanted you here for a while, Ham, except you didn't read your DMs from three months ago. How are you, man? <laughs> hey, that's a fact. I completely Oh my god, your microphone! Your mic's fucked. <laughs> oh my god. Golly, we'll Robo, good Robo. Oh, goodness I gracious. Now. I think it's your internet. You talk, talk now, talk now. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I got gigabit internet. It seems like every time I go to the settings to check on my mic, you're like, it's fixed. <laughs> and I didn't even change anything yet. I just hit the set. Yeah, I guess I'm just going to have to leave it on the settings right now and keep it monitored. But anyways, I really appreciate the invitation. It is super, super exciting to be here this this evening with you guys. And I apologize for not checking my DMs a while back. I noticed that I, I had sent a bunch of like happy holidays messages to a bunch of people that had been on my show that year. Um, so... Um, not me. I noticed okay. when I went back after you said it live on the show with Lemon on there, I was like, oh, let me go back and check. And sure enough, you said send all this stuff way back in like November and December. <laughs> and I was like, damn, I missed a great <laughs> opportunity. But, but you invited me back. So it's great. <laughs> well, thank you coming for coming on and keep that settings window there because it seems to be working, whatever you're doing. Minus the delay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this stream, 
just pretend he's using Internet Explorer. Asa loves that joke. Um, but yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. And shout out to Lemon. He was brilliant last week. It was such a fiery show. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. As you see from the thumbnail, one game you cannot escape for whatever reason. Hogwarts Legacy is out now. Everyone is playing it. And Wingardium Leviosa. It is taking over. And it is. It is. A fantastic game. Asa told me that. No, Asa hates Hogwarts. But even Asa, even Asa, surely you are itching to play this. You've seen the reviews. Why would you deprive yourself because of your bias and hatred that you share? Just like John Linneman from Digital Foundry hates that bloody wizard game. We we are, are kindred spirits. Like I saw his tweet and I, I enjoyed it. I was like, yes, you're absolutely right. Open world games, Harry Potter universe. For me, it's like my level of anticipation, my eagerness to play this game is here. Forspoken is also here. They're about the same to me. I'm in no big rush. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well... He, so, for, I don't want to talk about the political stuff. He didn't li like the game, the wizard stuff. I get it. Um, some people are just not into wizards and Harry Potter and all no. that universe. Wizards are cool. Harry Potter's just not good to me. You <laughs> know, if, if this game was in VR, Asa would be oh playing it. Oh my God, he would be playing it. Oh right my God. Be all of his principles right get thrown out the window. He'd be like, I love it. It's VR. Yeah. That's fair. It absolutely would yeah. be. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You'll be waving that wand around. That sounds weird. Uh, but yeah, just... Pfft. It's a great game, Asa. I've been playing it this morning and I was just like, I'm working on another video and I'm like, ah, well, like, let me just play this game. And then I'm playing Hi-Fi Rush. Rand Elthor 19. Are you a Harry Potter fan? Are you enjoying this game? I know you're playing it. Yeah, yeah. I am a Harry Potter fan. Uh, my sister's got me... My sister, who's like a ridiculously huge harry potter fan like I, I she was like a you know in grammar school when the books were coming out so she would get the hardcover books first editions and then i you know she let me read them and i became a fan seen all the movies read all the books um i did have some concern about the game because i was just like uh, it's like yeah it's set before harry potter and stuff and it's just like i don't know if this is going to be good uh, the developer behind it really has never made a big AAA game like this before. They've only made, like, I think Disney Infinity and some of the Cars games. They were basically, like, uh, a, they'd make licensed games and just kind of crap them out. So this is, like, yeah. their first true huge AAA game. You know, big open world, all these sort of things. And I just was, like, a little bit uh, concerned. I was like, I don't know. You know, Dead Space was coming out the week before, and I was like, I'll be busy playing Dead Space. And I don't know about mm -hmm. Hogwarts. Then my game share partner on Xbox was like, I want to play Harry Potter, and I'm buying the deluxe edition so I can play it on Monday. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess that solves that issue because now I don't have to pay for it because uh, yeah. my game share partner is buying it. So I started playing it Monday night. And what is it? Saturday morning right now. And uh, I have about 28 hours into it. And I'm like level 29. Wow. And uh, I'm quite enjoying it, Kaz. I think it's, I think wow. it's, I think it's, I think it's good. And it, it does, it definitely does have some flaws. But uh, some what would of the, you say the flaws are. I would say some of the flaws. I mean, there, there, there's some nitpicky stuff like, um, you got your gear slots where you get all the different clothing, right? All the different because it's kind of set up like Destiny, where like your power levels based on the 
items that you wear, right? They have like uh-huh. power levels, so to speak. So you want to get better ones to equip them. Uh, and it really, they really throw it at you in the beginning. So you're constantly getting more gear and higher and higher and higher. But then eventually yeah. that sort of wears out, right? And you, okay. you, you're not really replacing that stuff. Um, so for me, like with all the chests strewn around everywhere, the, the, like going grabbing the chests isn't really enjoyable at, at this point anymore. Um, but for me, I think the biggest um, flaw the game is currently showing is at its core, if you strip away the Hogwarts legacy stuff, if like Harry Potter and all that, right? Yeah. It is an Ubisoft open world map game. Like, once you get through the early tutorials where you're in the castle and you're exploring and you go to Hogsmeade and you do some stuff, right? That All stuff in the beginning, that's all great. It has the magic. I was so into it. And I I am still into it. Like, I'm going to beat the game. But once the game properly opens up, it is just quest markers things you can do strewn all over the map the map's absolutely ridiculous you'll you go to like towns at the very bottom of the map and like there's really nothing harry potter about it it feels like a a town that could be ripped from the witcher where you talk to characters and they don't really have anything to say Ah. and the town only really exists so you can have something to do a little check mark on the map like oh did you come here and did you collect all the chests oh did you and as you're as you're walking like oh look there's three enemies to fight really really easily over here and oh look there's a merlin trial and oh look there's some beasts to get like so eventually the game becomes that ubisoft open world clone that all open world games essentially are um so that's Mm. kind of like the biggest flaw for me is it it doesn't do that aspect well but it it does do a lot of other things well like i'm enjoying the main story uh because it's completely original i think the combat is fantastic the combat for me is carrying the game like i love getting into these huge really? battles i thought yeah. that would have been the weakest but when you were saying the weak points i thought you were going to mention no nah, the weak points is just I... your typical open world stuff because eventually it just gets boring right it's like why do i want to talk to some person like all the side quests there are some good side quests the ones that deal specifically with your classmates but then yeah. they're just random side quests they're like hey uh this guy over here stole my cabbages can you go get these cabbages and bring them back it's like typical Rand. open world stuff right Rand, you, uh, you but- very much put me off of the game even more than i was already off it apart from that combat bit can you can you sell me on the combat can you tell me what so makes the it combat good is and fun to the play? combat's super interesting right it so you cast spells with the right trigger and constantly just can cast spells but you also have your cooldown spells your regular spells like uh expire Armos and all the different harry potter spells and you can slot them into uh f- you know for the f- the face button so you hold down the right trigger hit y or b or a or x and you'll cast yeah. that spell and what they're basically used for is like the combo because you can basically combo enemies consistently like lift somebody up in the air hit them a couple times with the regular spell then use your uh, Accio spell to pull them closer, hit them a couple times, use your, um, uh, your fire spell to set them on fire, uh, and then push them further away. So there's a lot of good combo material using the combat system. And then eventually as you go, you get tail points, you can make your spells more powerful and stuff, but you can also give yourself more spell decks. So at the beginning, you can only have four spells in a slot. But then yeah. when you upgrade it, you can have another slot that you can switch to on the fly by holding right trigger and hitting one of the D-pads. So essentially, in any given fight, the way if you have it all set up, you can switch between four different uh, spell decks with four different spells in each deck. 
So, like, when I get into a battle, I'm, like, I'll use my one combo that will just instantly murk an enemy. Like, I pull this, I use Descendo, and I just smash this guy to the ground, right? I use Expelliarmos, and he gets cursed because I'm, I'm investing in the dark arts. His weapon will fly up in the air. I'll grab the weapon with a right bumper, and I'll throw it back at him. Then I'll cast Glacius on him as he's in the air to freeze him, which then the next hit does more damage, and I'll do this huge slash move to basically just destroy him. But this, then all my spells are on cooldown, and then I'll use right trigger to, fl- to flip to the other set of spells I have, and then start going to town on, on you know the other enemies. And then it also has a counter, like pretty much like a Batman. Like Obviously, enemies are going to attack you, yeah. And you have that little like thing over your head where it glows yellow yeah. that oh, you can counter. So when the yellow happens, if you hold Y, you'll cast a Protego spell, and then you'll actually counter him with a Stupefy. And if it's red, you can roll. So when you get into the combat, it is really this. Uh, it's really just you just using. It makes it does make you feel like a badass because it's just you versus like ten people, and you're just mm. constantly doing all these spells, comboing people in the air, blocking at the right time. It is really a lot of fun. So that that is really like the 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 glue that's holding the game together for me because I love getting into the fights and seeing where the story's going. I love going around the castle. Like I spent so many hours in the beginning of the game going through the castle, looking around, trying to yeah. find the field pages, doing the collectible. Same thing with Hogsmeade. Like I was really into it. And then it became that open world Ubisoft map game with all the different things on the map that you can go to that are all basically samey. And my enjoyment started to lessen a bit. Like I was probably feeling like, you know, 8.5 in the beginning. And now I'm probably down to like maybe, no, maybe like I was actually probably feeling like a nine. Like I was Mm, feeling like really, really good about it in the very beginning. But the more I played, the, the deeper I've gotten into it. Uh, I'm probably down to an eight simply because like the open world fatigue is starting to get to me now at like 30 hours in. Um, but the combat is like, I, I think the best part it it, like every combat encounter is just so cool to, to, to get into. That's that that's kind of good um, and bad because I've actually got to Hogsmeade and I've got my wand and I still need to do a couple of the other things. So I'm at a point where that Ubisoft formula you talk about hasn't reared its head yet. Um, the combat also seemed like they had promise, but what you explained to me because I thought there are four face buttons. Am I going to get more than Axio and whatever? But <clears throat> let's see. It's that Harry Potter sheen on top of it that kind of helps conceal i guess or help you tolerate that ubisoft formula a little bit more but if it is loads of random quests strewn on a map that's going to cause my uh attention to wane which is why i'm playing i mean you could you could just stick to the main quest and just do that and maybe some of the other side quests i'm just saying like the map is so big and there's so much stuff everywhere and there's constant like oh go here and the game has like poke game has like a pokemon like beast mini game where you can go around and collect all these different types of beasts bring them back to your the room of requirement and Put them into your basically uh, a sanct a sanctuary for them, and then you can like pet them and get them to love you. So they give you magical like uh, items to use in your potions, and then you can even breed them, like kind wow. of like a poke. Like the game has a lot really that it's doing, 
And the game does really open up once you get your broom when you can just fly everywhere. Oh, yeah. You don't really have to walk. Um, but it's it definitely better than I expected. Like, I was expecting just a, like, oh, this is just a licensed game. They're using the thing. It's not really yeah. going to be any good. And surprisingly, it's it's quite good. It's just quite yeah. good. But it has all the tropes that every open world game has, which some people don't mind. But then others are just, you know, like me, I'm just kind of like, eh, like, uh, I don't know about, you know, like. <laughs> well, let's see. Ham, you've been sitting there patiently listening to us all. And I know you've been playing this game. Tell us about your feels. Is this going open world formula like grating at you? Or are you sucked in? Also, before we go, sorry, Rand, what house are you? Gryffindor. Oh, f- <laughs> Gryffindor. You're well, I mean, I, I answered the uh, question and it said <laughs> Gryffindor, and I was like, whatever, whatever, oh, yeah, whatever it gave there. me. Oh. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And you have what house? Oh man. Slytherin. Yeah! I knew I liked you. I'm Slytherin. And, 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 and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rand, but um, no disrespect. Oh, but sounds like disrespect Mr. is coming. Undersell just got done oh. speaking. Mr. Undersell? undersell? I oversold uh, 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 this game. What are you undersell, talking about? Undersell. Undersell is what I just heard for like oh, I, 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 I I just listened to five minutes of monotoneness about Hogwarts and I just I, 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 I mean I just gotta keep it real. This game is an absolute banger. This game is a banger. It's a lot. Yeah, if you're twelve, probably. If you're twelve. If you're if you're, if you're twelve and you love Harry Potter to the point and you haven't really played any video I games, hate, yeah, it's I, a I banger. Hate, I hated Harry Potter all my life. Never read one book. Never watched one movie. <laughs> this is why we I need to this see Rand's face. Was phenomenal. My sister, who I hasn't played a video game in ten years, phenomenal. In twenty years, is, would give it a ten out of ten. It's says the greatest thing of all time, as well. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're telling me this person that got the million plus gamer score that danced his way to mm-hmm. getting some of these points is mm-hmm. going to tell me that this what? is a hard this is a hard buy. No, no, no. Absolutely. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I didn't say it's a hard buy. I no, just I know, said I know. I'm just giving you a yeah, hard yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. I, I, I'm, on, I, I'm unfollowing you now, so. Oh, <laughs> oh man. This, oh, man. Okay. It is what it is, though, Ran. If you, I mean, hey, bro, if you got to do that, you got to do that. But I tell you what, this game right here to me is literally like the Elden Ring up to 2023 so far. Whoa! Now we're talking. You talk about hyperbole. Oh my <laughs> lord! It is. It is. There, you, you, you're sitting there underselling the most the the the, the, the streaming numbers on it. Well, I mean, I thought we're talking about how the game is and how it plays, not about whether people are watching it or how many people are playing it. Let let, let me go on ahead and talk about how the game plays then. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Within the first 10 minutes, it's already getting smoky. Ooh. Things are going down already. You're already falling out the sky. Like, I'm telling you, it's it's, it's a really... story where you actually fall out the sky? Bro. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, when the when the dragon attacks you in the carriage, yeah, yeah. I'm saying it pops off right at the get go, and and and, oh. and I really just enjoy the ability to be able to choose what you are in the game. You uh, explained earlier that it was kind of like The Witcher. What's The Witcher? A great game. 
The yeah. Witcher is a great game, and and, and, and I, I, I think get a lot of sense. The towns. The I was towns more. Like I was more talking need... about the towns could just be from The Witcher or any generic RPG. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. The towns were very comparable and whatnot. Scenery, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. But flying around, pretty dope. I I tell you what, bro, I really enjoy being on my broom and just pulling up on somebody. You just pull up <laughs> well, on like 12 drive people. Drive by 187 on a broom? Uh, you just hop off your broom and just not start knocking suckers out. I know what you're talking I know you know what I'm talking about, Randy. Yeah. You've probably done it a oh, ton yeah. of different times. I did it it's, in the beginning and then, you know, uh, I don't do it anymore. I just fly over everything to get to where I need to go or fast travel because it's more to waste time. Ham, his time is it's precious. precious. Oh, so celebrity. precious. Look, you, you make you make it, Ham. You make it sound like I was gonna get. I'm giving this game a five out of ten or a one out of ten, like Wired. You're making it sound oh, like I don't enjoy oh, anything about this oh. game. I literally oh, said don't I, I would. Make it sound like Wired. Like, I, I was like saying like I, I thought it was like an eight. In fact, I said in the beginning I thought it was like a nine out of ten. I, I was so into everything. That's where I'm at with it right now. I'm still at the nine. I put about twenty plus hours into it. I'm level twenty five right now. I've put some some tlc into this game and i tell you man it's it's a really good experience and for where from where this studio came from with the ip that they got not very many other studios have given that type of love and respect to like a movie or a book or something like that so i am i am there to give it its flowers right now I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to like crap on anything you said, Ram, because I do understand there is some moments in that game where you're just like you go up to talk to somebody and you're just like, oh, man, why, why, why? I don't care. Because he's right. After the first like 50 times you listen to a conversation, it's like, Oh, you're scared to go in the woods? Like it's like a mile away. What the heck? Just go and get it yourself. But, but, and, and, but you're going to go get it for, for a reason. It. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, that's why I probably give it as much praise as I do because a, I'm not a Harry Potter fan or any. You're not uh, like, a never, Harry Potter no, fan, and you're loving not that a Harry Potter. Not a Harry Potter fan. I've never read any of the books. What? I hopped. I hopped in here very similar to how Rand did. My buddy bought it. I game share with him and I was like, mm. I'll give it a shot. And the only reason he bought it is because his wife wanted to play it. So we so both didn't even for his we, wife. We both are playing the game that we didn't even spend any money on. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and it got but, me wanting to spend money on it. that sucker now. Mm. That's crazy. It, it has me wanting to go get it for the other console. The other Try console? On, the, on there. Yeah. The little man? Or for the PlayStation 5 or for the Xbox? For the Xbox, because I'm game sharing with the bro on PlayStation, and um, uh, I don't, I, I ain't trying Xbox to. I'm not are. trying to spend too much money on my PlayStation if I don't have to. Um, I, I, I like getting the reaps of the rewards of the Xbox Rewards program way more than I like putting in for good customer service. I'll tell you that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I've been r- running around on there, and and I, and like I said. I'm to the point where I'm like, shoot, I might have to cop this myself so I can get that gamer score mm. on my Xbox. Mm-hmm. That's, well, what's, okay. that's what it's all about. I mean, it's quite interesting, Ham. What is it? Even though you're not a Harry Potter fan, what is primarily pulling you in? Is the world? No. 
No, like I said, Hold I up. didn't really care about that. I think it's the RPG elements, really. Um, the okay. ability to kind of, you know, make my character look the way I want it to look. I wish I could choose the, I mean, I'm a bigger brother, mm. right? So, I mean, I, 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 I wanted, I, I, was looking, I, was like, I, I was like, I was like, there ain't no option to make a brother thick. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 that's what I was trying to do, but hey, there was no option to do that. And unfortunately, if you slide the voice changer at all, as soon as you go one direction in one way, it sounds like a tin can. Yeah, it sounds awful. It, you have to, you have to have it in the middle otherwise so bad. yeah i chose it right in the center but man i've went with swag over power for most of my trip into that game just because i like the way my guy looks and whatnot i'm like oh he looks good but now this fight's taking probably three more minutes than it probably should well you uh, know the game is the game the game does feature transmog but it's not it's not really explained people. well so transmog <laughs> is a system where like you, if you really like a, an outfit oh, or something, kind of like Phoenix Rising and stuff like that, where you can wear one suit but it'll look like another. But it has the properties of the other suit. So basically, like if you have a if you have a drip that you like, right? But mm. you're but but this thing has eighty hit points. He said eighty. The drip. The drip. Right. But it has eighty, 80 offense, and this other one that <laughs> looks like garbage has one hundred and fifty. You put on the one that has 150, and then you press X on uh, the overall category, and then you can pick the one, uh, any of the ones that you actually have to wear. So you can wear what you want, but still be as powerful as you need to be. So in other ways, brother, you said I've been slipping for no reason. You've been reason. slipping, bro. <laughs> but oh, you know, I don't blame bro. you because the game doesn't, ex- <laughs> the game doesn't explain it. It, it, it doesn't. There are it, some things in that game that it doesn't explain super well, but like it's. It, you're right though. The combat just keeps you tuned in to where it's just like, I found myself running through the woods for like an hour and a half just looking for things <laughs> to disrespect. Mm. Yeah, it was I fantastic. Mean, I mean, I, I find it quite interesting that you're sucked into the world. The game world for me. I, I, I mean, I read all the books and I struggled to remember a lot of it. I didn't even realize, Rand, until you just mentioned when you were talking about the game that the game is actually set before the Harry Potter thing. I thought it was set after. It's before Harry I'm pretty, Potter? I'm pretty sure it's like way before. Like this it's is like, be like 200 before. years. Yeah. Like 200 yeah. years before or something like that. Because um, the, what's the name? Weasley is like the headmaster. So like that's one of the, in the future. Well, yeah. I mean, they use the, the fan service because they were like, hey, we remember Weasley, what, right? Like Weasley from the, the you know, like, so it's like, it's kind of like wink, wink, nod, nod. Oh, and this is Finch. You remember Finch from the, you know, the the books, right? They they, they do oh, that a lot. Or Black, the, head, the headmaster Black, right? That's, you know, obviously one of Sirius Black's uh, descendants, you know, from... So it, they do a lot of that, oh, where it's like it's... names that you would remember from, you know, the books or movies that you've read. Um, so... Uh, uh. I'm speaking in tongues to me right now. I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> mm. uh, did you close your settings <laughs> window because your voice is murked again? Uh, but, yeah, no. Well, Hogwarts Legacy has been very it's like doing mad numbers um i think it's a great game what have you said there rand has made me a little bit uh anxious about what comes after well, i say anxious it's not really anxious i'm gonna now what you after speaking to you rand i'm gonna devote my attention I actually kind of did this anyway complete high fire rush dead space 
then perhaps this. Um, but it is but I mean, it depends. Game. It depends on how you feel about open world stuff. Some people don't care. Some people are like, you know, like Ham's like really enjoying it, which is great. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Make it. Ham makes it sound like I'm a hater over here or something. Like he, he <laughs> makes it that. sound like I'm <laughs> trashing so this sorry. game. You know, I'm just. I just. It, it's like. <laughs> It's like the world they built, especially around Hogwarts and Hogsmeade, is freaking incredible. I can't overstate it. Oh, right? Good. Being in the castle, even though the performance is god-awful. Like, when you're yeah. in the castle, no matter what mode you're using, because there's like five modes on the Xbox and five modes on the PlayStation, like, you can go quality, you can go balance, you can go performance, you can go high frame rate, right? Like, you're going to have issues. Even with loading, sometimes if you get to another part of the castle and you try to open a door, it'll like you'll see like a little like loading symbol on the handle because it's trying to load what's behind the door because oh. you got there too quickly, right? Mm. It's like all that stuff's amazing. Like they recreated that feeling and it, and so in the beginning when you're only really doing things around the castle and Hogsmeade, it's like, "Wow, this is the Harry Potter experience I've always dreamed of. Mm-hmm. Going to class, having adventures, doing all these sort of things." And then the game kind of opens up when you get your broom and you can fly around and then you look at the map and it's just it's so huge and there's just like markers everywhere for just random things you can do and then you start doing some of the side quests and it's just like Oh, Sonny, I lost my dog over by the bridge. Can you go get my dog for me? And it's like, oh, here we go. Typical open world side quest stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. But even even out that, like, it's it's still, like, outshines the formulaic um, uh, stuff that the open world games do because of the combat, because of the world, uh, because of the story, because of the character, like, you know, you can build your character how you want and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, it's, yeah. and like Cam was saying, this is a developer known for just making licensed games. This is their first big AAA game. And if this is their first one, they knocked it out of the park. I would, I would love to see what they can do next. Right. Uh, again, Avalanche. Avalanche, but not Avalanche. The Avalanche, uh, you know, who did Mad Max and Rage Two and stuff. This is like so. One's Avalanche Games and one is Avalanche Studios, and I can never remember which one's which. But this is the one studio that's owned by Warner Brothers, mm. and they've only really made like Disney, like ca- Cars and Disney. Didn't Infinity. they do like Mortal Kombat trilogy way back in the day? <sighs> they maybe. I mean, they might have if, if it was like a port job or something. It's possible. I'd have to look. But I mean, but people are loving people are loving this game, though, Jazz. You know. I mean, I, I am, and I I'm shocked at how this isn't just a movie tie-in. It's a beautiful. I'm at this phase where I'm at Hogsmeade now, collecting my wand and all of that, and I'm just stunned by Hogwarts. Just like it feels like I'm there, and like I so much world building there that. I'm hoping they build up on it. This is a game. This is a incredible, incredible title that will propel Avalanche to the upper echelons. Now, everyone's line of sight is on Avalanche. And now they can make demands on what they work next. And if they're working with Warner Brothers, they have a whole staple of IPs available to them. Like, you know what Warner Brothers are like. Um, so what can they work on? Like, I'm quite excited um, about it. The game is brilliant. Obviously, it's a fair share of... Um, controversy surrounding it because of the author but um for those who are playing the game i see so much passion and love for the game uh itself and i'm just wondering what the future for avalanche is because they this is not a small insignificant feat irrespective of what you say about the open world trappings of it because i got a quick question though 
Cool. Was it Avalanche that did it, or was it Port Key? Because I thought it was because Port Key's all over the title. Was it was Avalanche not there just to assist? Um, okay. Port Key Games, I think, is just because they were a mobile studio, correct? Well, okay, so uh, Porky it says Porky Games is a video game label owned by Warner Brothers Games. Founded okay. in 2017 and is dedicated to creating gaming experiences related to the wizarding world. So it might sort of be like how Xbox's uh, World at World's End where they okay. were built to basically um, you know, make games from the Age of Empires franchise or like and then they hire developers to make the games, so they like oversee it. So it seems like Portkey Games is similar to that, where it's just a label, and they like would oversee games made within the Harry Potter universe. But then they would hire out developers who would actually make the games. I mean, like the future I think of that's... three four three, maybe. <laughs> so the disrespect. Well, I think that's enough Hogwarts talk. If you've played it, most people are playing it. Most people are enjoying it. And there's a lot... I mean, we won't get into the political stuff, but hopefully... Let's see what Avalanche can do. Whoever the developers are, Porky, Avalanche, uh, Frank, F and Chat says Porky are the publisher, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, But what's next for this studio is not the question I have in mind. I was actually thinking about what's next for this other studio that delivered a game out of nowhere. And that's Tango Gameworks. I playing uh, Hi-Fi Rush today. And in many ways, I think it's being, I know some some people in this space are overblowing it, uh, but I can't think of a game that has this level of polish and character, like the story like, I don't understand the history because I watched the interview behind the chap who was heading this at Tango Gameworks. And the game's polish and style isn't something I've seen in a video game. Name me one video game in this kind of art style, this kind of cartoony art style that delivers it with this polish, these lines. I think it's really, really impressive. And I'm shocked that it came from a studio that I know very little about. Tango Gameworks is a Japanese outfit. And now everyone is asking this this question. What's next? Evil Within 3 or Hi-Fi Rush 2? Asa, you played Evil Within 1 and 2. You streamed them and you had a good impression. You enjoyed those two games, right? Yeah, they kind of playfully in the in the shadow drop for for hi-fi rush they kind of tease evil within three as being also in the works i that was my impression from um when they had shinji makami there and they were talking about it because he wasn't particularly involved with hi-fi rush this was another yeah another part of tango game so i would suspect that the next thing is gonna be evil within three um i hope so i quite like those games i like the first one more than the second which a lot of people disagree with that, that played the both of them but um, but yeah, like you say, Hi-Fi Rush is something special, and it's seen it's had a massive impact. It's made some waves. So unless Microsoft are completely dense, they're they're going to be trying to trying to leverage what that studio have proven that they can do. Asa, did you see the screenshot that was floating around where uh, they tease Evil Within Three I did from not. Hi-Fi Rush? You from Hi-Fi Rush? Yeah, there's a screenshot. Um, let me see if I can find it. Basically. Um, it's one of those like you know blink and you'll miss it type things. It's a screenshot of like when you're trying to get the Kale's office. It's like this, the, the computer says seven seven six, and then it says at the very bottom today's weather good enough, and it says news sequel to popular survival horror game franchise announced. Ah. Um, ah. 
So well, I mean, pretty much confirms that. Well, I mean, I don't know mean? if it confirms. Well, it's, it's not really confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah, it, but... I mean, but I mean, it could be an East, it, like like Asa said, uh, Mikami didn't really do any have anything. He was a dec- executive producer. Um, I don't really think he had much to do with Ghostwire Tokyo either, right, Asa? I think that not was as far as I know. So I mean, if he's actually making a game, it's potentially Evil Within three. Uh, but I wouldn't expect it anytime soon. I mean, this is a studio that just released Ghostwire Tokyo last year. Yeah. And then released uh, this game this year, uh, not even a year later, because Ghostwire Tokyo was end of March. This was January. And how insanely polished and everything this game actually is. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't really expect their next game anytime soon. Uh, but I do hope I do hope Hi-Fi Rush 2 is one of those things where it's like immediately greenlit. Let's start prototyping some stuff. And we st- let's start making it because... It needs to be a franchise, you know. It needs it, it needs to have does. a sequel. It's that it's that good. I'm kind of it's sad like, as I'm um, playing it. No, you're not. It's also finish. like it's very quintessentially a, a, a Japanese game. It's got that kind of identity about it. And obviously, Xbox Own Tango game works. But it was almost an, an accident that they got them. Like it's not an accident, but you know that's not why they bought Zenimax. So Xbox have been yeah, trying yeah. to make inroads in Japan for the longest, longest time, and then they've gone and bought Zenimax to get a hold of of Doom and Elder Scrolls and all their big properties that they've got. Tango Gameworks have come with a package and smashed that one out of the park. And now hopefully, hopefully, like Xbox still don't seem to have that much current potential to go and get to expand their Japanese operation. But they've got a bit of that character that um, that kind of made up my childhood. Like with the Nintendo and Dreamcast and Saturn and all of those things, that that Japanese line of games, not like Square Enix do, where they're like, ah, let's see, let's let's make this game for Americans, and it turns out terrible. This is proper, like it's just it's good. Does it and scream I want more Japanese to you? I don't know if it does to me. It, 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 it does, in my opinion. Because, <laughs> Go on. It, it really does. I agree with Ace. It really does. If you think about it, I mean, a lot. I mean, other than the rhythm. I like to compare that game. I, I I know a lot of people say Jet Set Radio or what's the other game that a lot of people say uh, by Insomniac? Oh, Sunset Overdrive is definitely not um, Sunset yeah. Overdrive. Uh, a lot of people compare it to that, too. I personally compare it a lot to Devil May Cry, but like a more softer and brighter version of it and if, if if you look at it beyond the rhythm aspects of it how they have like the the, the, the grade that's in the corner um the, the the way that you use the combats and use like certain specials within the combat um then also when you look at the character himself he resembles a lot of what dante was with the goofiness but willingness to work with you but kind of a butthead about it consistently <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i don't know if i'm able to curse here or not so i'm just yes, trying to keep it cool okay, don't so, yeah, no 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 i do I, 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 I do but like I, I i get nervous about cursing when i go on to somebody else's no, podcast i'm comfortable doing it on my own but but anyways um so yeah he's an asshole um, <laughs> so, um <laughs> from time to time right um but if uh, but i was actually talking to another friend about it i was like dude this really reminds me of devil may cry and he's like actually a few of um the developers from capcom actually work at tango now Shinji Mikami, like, didn't he well, create devil may cry well, the first one he's the creator of it there you go <laughs> there it is i mean 
factoids by Game On Daily. It's true. Yeah, and you're that. I've, I've all, I see a lot of comparisons to and Kaosanti chat. Of course, of course, I played Jet Set Radio Future. What are you talking about? I love that game. And immediately, you're right, Ham. When you see it visually, it's because the trailer showed you the rail stuff, so Sunset Overdrive, and then they saw the art style. But you're right. It's 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 way more closer to Devil May Cry that, uh, than those games. It definitely is. Absolutely. But I'm not seeing the Japanese flavor. I uh, maybe I'm missing it. To me, it's like it's such a well. I love my cartoons. I love like the likes of Invader Zim and stuff like that, where they have a unique style and the, each character has this vibe. It's so well done. I'm just thinking. I want to know a little bit more about because it's a Western chap. He's an American guy who was fronting this project for the Japanese studio, which is a weird setup in its own right, isn't it? it to me, that makes sense because the game remind the, the the like the like cutscenes and stuff like that remind me of something that I'd see that is like a known anime, but on netflix redone <laughs> that's Maybe. kind of what yes, it Leah. kind of reminds you know me of a little you're bit you're right you're right it reminds me of cora you know cora um from avatar they've got a right. um, yep. series it kind of and it's goofy and funny the, the, it reminds the one with me the blue there were the blue yeah the, and i watched a whole like season of it i don't know oh, yeah but it's, it's just so well done and i want to see hi-fi rush too and i'm playing it now trying to explore as much as I can because I don't want the game to end because people say it's a six-hour game or something. And I feel like I'm going to be really salty when it ends. But uh, well done. And Asa, you were so Six hours? It's it's longer than six hours. Yeah, I think I had had 11 on normal. Okay. Okay, That's almost double. I mean, I guess you could do it six. You're playing on easy and you're skipping all the cutscenes. I mean, maybe it's possible then. Hmm. But that'd be like, you know, that's a lot of the fun of the game is a lot of, you know. I mean, the people beat Persona fun. in like 60 hours, right? But that means you, you didn't check out anything. You just literally just hit X the entire, yeah. <laughs> the entire yeah. time. So I'm assuming that's what they probably did when they beat it in a short time. That was a speed run. Uh, just a, a, a legit Maybe. run, I'd say, would take anywhere between 12 to 15, depending on how, yeah. how you're running around the levels. But what yeah. difficulty are you playing on, guys? I'm just when I'm playing normal, yeah. but I might go back to hard. Are you? But I'm struggling with the rhythm. Yeah, I I'm just getting C ratings all the time. I basically right? stopped really caring about being on rhythm. Uh, I can't game, do that. Well, yeah, I, I got no rhythm. I don't yeah, got any yeah. rhythm. I don't got any rhythm. I, I eventually got better at it as as the game went on. I, I was yeah. starting to go. I went from like D's to C's to like sometimes B's, but I yeah. just really stopped trying my hardest or getting disappointed when that number came up and it was like a C. I was just trying to have fun and do the combos and stuff. I wasn't really too too worried about yeah. being on beat, you know. I've noticed like... the rhythm is after. It's not like Guitar Hero to where it's right before. It's actually right after that the beat circle. Hit? Yeah, 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 yeah. That main circle that you're supposed to hit it in. It's right after, oh, that, right when that, it gets in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Once yeah. it shrinks down and it gets right inside of it. Once it gets right inside, that's the you. part that you nail every single time. Gotta. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I found. You know, when you press some of the switches and it says you have to hit a load of QTEs at the A, B, 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 A. And as I was doing it, I was like, what? I'm hitting it just before. And I think it's just after it goes past the green mm-hmm. It's when you're you're doing it. I feel like, though, I have to hit the rhythm. I, I, Rand, I envy you that you can do it that way because 
everything in this game. The level's pulsating to the beat. When you do the dash, I, if I'm not hitting it to the beat, psh, psh, mm -hmm. psh, it feels right. If I'm not hearing the ha, ha, you know, every hey, time the hey, 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 hey. And, and to the point where I'm doing single combos, I'm spamming X just once. Huh, huh. But then I'm like, it's it's struggling. And I just feel like I need to isolate some of the sounds. But oh, it's such a great hand, mechanic. Don't suck at games. <laughs> mm. I want to see your rating on this game, Asa. Do you have the rhythm? But it's such a good game. And and, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, Xbox guys are starving. It's one of the no, it's one of those, like Santi says, it is to me the Jet Set Radio future of this generation like that it's such a good game it's so polished i've not played a game that has that much character in a long time and it came from a studio that i wasn't even looking it wasn't even on my radar and then came out on xbox and it was shadow dropped that is such a big thing for xbox but for me as a gamer playing this game i love those kind of moments and I, I and i wonder when i'm going to get it next that's why i'm only looking at tango gameworks future and i'm going to play evil within one and two now because like these are the guys who made it so i have to play and i know it looked fun asa when you were streaming it i was watching that for a while I, like you this game just, it you have to play cool. on pc Evil within one two you can play on xbox oh, yeah. like it's good in back compound but Evil within one you have to play on pc and then have fun uh, i don't really like playing my pc's murked now i can't even use premiere pro but I will, yeah, well, maybe one day. I've got massive backlog, which is, but don't sleep on Hi-Fi Rush, people. Try it out. It's such a good game. Um, now, I heard you, so this is a bit of repetition here, Rand, talk mm -hmm. about this next topic, but you have to talk about it. People were like surprised. People were DMing me about it. Like, yes, I thought you said Fable sucked. And I'm like, bruh, like, okay. News came out, LinkedIn profile, that apparently Fable is in a playable state. Um, and so is uh, Compulsions uh, Project Midnight is also all based on a LinkedIn profile. Now with Fable, playable state, what does that actually mean? Um, Rand, we had Matt Booty last year waxing lyrical about how desperately he wants to show the game off to us. Yeah. Then you've got this LinkedIn profile. Surely, surely this is going to be shown off at E3 this year. Has to be. Doesn't have to be. Who says it has to be? <laughs> I mean, who I mean, says it? Who says it has to? Who says I anything say, has to be? I mean, not has to be, but I mean, this. You know, what I mean, like you know, people, you know, people, on, people thought. People thought for sure Avowed was going to be at last year's E3 until they decided no, only twelve months. Who knows? Who knows what the plans are? You, you say never say anything. It's like, you happiness. know, I'm just saying. The thing is, okay, so, well, number one, I thought Fable switched engines to Unreal, didn't didn't they, guys? I don't know about that. Tim Dog put me in the bloody. Oh, come on. There. Remember that was that big rumor? It was like, oh, Fable has restarted development and it's now on Unreal Engine 5. Well, no, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying it had anything to do with you. I'm just saying there was that rumor in the early beginning of the year. I don't think that's That someone true. just made up on 4chan and then, like. Oh, so was, you do believe it's made up as well? Good. Well, yeah. I mean, people who know came out and said it's complete bullshit. But either oh, way, I didn't read. I yeah, didn't see that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like Jason Stryer oh, said it was BS. Christopher Dring, Jez said it was was bullshit. But oh, I didn't miss that. playable state can mean anything. Like, I mean, yeah. what does that really mean? I, I, you know, I, I don't know. You said it was looking good last year. Why should yeah. this come as a shock? But Ham, hey, what do you what do you think? What does playable state mean? What does that mean to you? Like, hey, game's in playable state now. Like, does that mean 
Alpha. We should be we should be playing it next year, or is it just being like, hey, you can play you can play the game now, but it looks all blocky. And- when I hear, I'll, I'll I'll answer that right now. When I hear playable state, the first thing I think of is that picture of Redfall we seen a long time uh, ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the leaks. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and, and I just think, cool. oh wow, this thing is in a state of just. Being able to get to point A to point B to point C to whatever. Like, it's not in a, in, in, in my opinion, I doubt it'd be in any sort of form to be ready to be shown off. Um, I know they probably want to show something off, and I'm sure they have something cleaned up to be ready to show, to be shown off. But, like, Just yet? I think it's a little, I, 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 think, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves when point. we say playable state, as in if it's like ready at all. It's yeah, cool. and even you know, I, I we I talked about this with the Grubster, the Gruff, the Jeffrey Grub Grub on Xbox Two Plus One, where we talked about like what could be at E three, and he mentioned how companies, how hard it is to get stuff prepared for E three, like. If you wanted to do a two-minute trailer or a two-minute gameplay demo, that's basically like five months' work for a what? bunch of people. Like because it takes so long and so many people have to be on it, it's almost that's why you don't really see a lot of those things anymore. Um, five five months to do like a little vertical slice, really? I mean, that's I mean, if you can go listen to the episode, that's pretty much what he was saying. That it's like these things take a long time to make, and they require a lot of people to make them, and sometimes just like. It's better served not to even do it. You just rather have them work on the game and then start showing it when it's in a more presentable state. But it's not like, hey, you know, like let's let's spend one weekend and just get some footage. Like, no, nah, that stuff takes a long time. I'm saying one weekend, but five months seems really excessive. I mean, uh, that's unless I'm I mean, misquoting hey, him, but Gas Force Spoken is in a playable state. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> What's that? What's that game that uh, that uh, that Rand doesn't like to speak about? A uh, Scalebound. That oh, was in a playable state. Was it that though? Was <laughs> <to make. laughs> hey, 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 if a game's broken, hey, if and you can turn it back on and try again, it's playable. It's just not good. The only thing you can really <laughs> take from this, Kaz, is that development is progressing, right? Yeah. If we okay. can even assume the stuff is right, it's like, hey. It's now in a playable state. So, you know, progress has been made, and it's at this point. Same thing with the Compulsions game. I think it was like they're in a playable alpha build or something, right? I think that was something with the Compulsions. But it's like, okay, the only thing you really take away from it is like, all right, development's progressing, and maybe we hear something next year. Or maybe Compulsions game is closer because they're in a playable alpha state. You know, maybe they get to a playable beta, beta state later this year, and maybe that comes out next year. But in my mind, I've always had Fable pegged as a 2025 game. So the I, fact that... I, I, it, yeah. So the fact I've that they say that playable well. really doesn't mean much to me. I'm not a developer. I don't know what that means and, like, how far... Oh, when you're in a playable state, it's usually... X amount of time before release or, you know, but things can go wrong. Things can go really yeah. well. You know, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't really get much use out of uh, the whole LinkedIn, like people like looking for scraps of info on the LinkedIn stuff. It really doesn't. Asa, what do you think? Is the well, LinkedIn think, stuff like useful? I think if we use like um, Perfect Dark as a kind of barometer, Phil Spencer's child was playing Perfect Dark four years ago. <laughs> So we can safely assume that Fable is never coming out. Never coming out. <laughs> the the, the player will say things like it means very little because you can get a conceptual, uh, conceptual playable build of a game 
very very early so i don't know like how far along fable is i think you're right probably 2025 at the earliest um i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah, 2025 is where I have it at. I'm just hoping we get the solo point. Well, when did we see Phil Spencer or that developer's kid play the game? Is the same. It was a picture that? when he was he was with um, what's his face that left to go back to Insomniac, yeah. Drew, Drew Murray, and he was Murray, Phil yeah. was sitting there playing it, and people were trying to like enlarge Drew Murray's glasses to kind of see <laughs> what was reflected on the glasses. But yeah, that was geez at that point in time. I forget how long ago that was because they announced they announced Perfect Dark in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Was that? I think that picture that was like early 2021. No, that had to have been before because we didn't know it was Perfect oh, okay. Dark at the time, right? We still yeah. didn't know oh. what the game was, so it would have been like 2019 ish, maybe. Damn. Um, but I mean, that, they could have just been building the prototypes of like the movement system and whatever that the eventual game was going to be built on, or right. So now Crystal Dynamics is making it. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't really think... So like a start screen and Phil Spencer's like, what the flip am I But anyways, you're, you're, the ins- you're the insider. You got all the Fable stuff, you know? You're the one who started I'm up. I'm doing you, that again. I'm not, not doing, doing that again. You learned. I'm not you doing took that my again. advice and just shut up. Well, I was... But Jez poured, like, verified what I said. My information was for a while ago. So, so someone who had left, I'm not going to say who. But they said Fable, the development was a bit sketchy because of that. They're still building on Forza Tech. Uh, and I said that. I said that. And turned out that's what Jezus corroborated, and they had issues with it. Nothing about this Unreal Engine Exodus. I mean, the Halo thing is uh, it's still shocking to me that that's happening. I find that so weird. Um, but it's also exciting to know because there's like light at the end of the tunnel. But with right. for a Fable, I never, I never imagined uh, an Exodus to another engine. What I did comment on. And it is legit. People can, well, they know it now, but it's fact. This guy would never do it. I never do the insider game. It's only this one time. And he said, yeah, they had issues with it. But that was ages ago. And it's, uh, hopefully things will be better now. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping. I mean, when was the CGI trailer shown? They should show it. 2020. 2020 is two years. It was, it, was the, it was the one more thing. Remember? It was the one more yeah. thing to end the show in 2020. And it was fun to see that, like Fables coming back. We kind of knew it was the worst kept secret ever because that's how we described it. But I'd like to see it. But if it's 2025, then it's a bit early to show off even a vertical slice of gameplay. But they've already decided, Ran. Phil Spencer's already said that they know exactly what they're showing in June. So they are much prepared. They know exactly what they're showing. He said that. And that's quite significant. And I hope White Fable's one of them. But if it's quite far away, well, we're so desperate to see something. Well, remember, Booty said Playground won't let him show anything until they're ready to show something. Right? Well, he's that, a, yeah. Do you believe Matt Booty when he says that it looks so good that he really I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe him in that. But I do believe him where he's like, Playground Games doesn't want us to show anything. And when they're ready to show something is when we'll show it. I do believe that. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I mean, Playground Games is an incredible developer. Look how amazing Forza Horizon 5 looks. And I can imagine like a fully, hey, this is our prototype of what we think, you know, Fable is going to look like at the end. I can imagine that looking incredible, right? Oh, man. It's going to be, like I said before, this will be the best Fable game ever made. Because uh, Molly News Fables as brilliant. And I loved one and two. I loved one, maybe more than two. Yeah. I like two better, actually. You like two better? Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. One I and two are about two. similar. I wish they would update two because one and three are updated, but two is still looking rough. I'm going back to it because the, the Fable one, the stench of Molyneux's broken promises were constantly a reminder. Every time I looked at a tree, I was like, damn you, Molyneux. <laughs> but with, uh, with this one, with Playground games, they're so immensely talented. We, despite all the issues, I think that we'll get the best Fable game we've ever got because it's going to be, I hope, I hope, I hope, massive, like, sandbox, like, open... I'm not even a fan of open-world games, but the the kind of image... Because like, if you remember Fable, it was very close, little... set. You have a little track l- leading you to a play space and perhaps maybe two or three entrances there. And then you go a little track, narrow, and then it's that illusion of an open world, but there's fences everywhere and you can see the vista. And it's like, that's not enough. I want to be able to see a large open world game uh, and navigate around it. I want to go through forests. I want to go. It's, it's oh, there's so much there, but that's why I'm desperate to see this at E3. But hopefully, this game we'll get to see it sooner. More than anything, I just want it to be good. So if it's whatever, delay it. Just whatever. Because, just I'm because there. you want to see it, because you're going to be at, hopefully at this year's E3. So you're going to oh want to be God, sitting in the add. chair, seeing the you Fable thing there. come up. I mean, I'll, I'll try to be there, guys. I'll try to be He's there. Saying that, Chad. Is, it, Ham, are you going to be there? Are you going to be? I'm going to be there 100%. Dude, it There's seems like every It seems like a possibility. There's, Is Asa going to be there? Mm, Asa? Family and responsibilities. I know it's a bit harder, but Asa. It literally seems like everybody is going to be there. We get bunk beds, Asa. I'm not going. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh ham if you're there oh. oh man i need to get it signed off on holiday but i can't wait man but if it's there i didn't randy you're not there but if it's there and the e3 show bangs for me i'm going for the people meet people at ham call everyone but if the show is good oh my god that's gonna add add two and fables there let's see um before we talk about well, well actually let me just the last topic is the CMA and UK regulation stuff, but we'll add some source into it. But the final, uh, but before that, we need to talk about Nintendo Direct because that was shown off. I know, Randy, you're not uh, a massive uh, uh, thingy fan, so you can take a line of ketamine and just chill. We'll uh, we'll talk about uh, Nintendo. Oh, Asa, you're not even a Nintendo guy. Uh, Ham. We threw his Switch you... at the beginning of the show. Every show, he's always throwing <laughs> yeah. the Switch. Exactly. <laughs> that, that kind of puts it, makes it harder for me to talk about it. I was with the Iron Lords watching it live with King and Addict, and it was so much fun. Um, but this, I'll blast through these. Shout out to 460 people watching. Please smash that like button. Before I do, though, um, I want to read out Infinite Umbra. Shout out to you, man. Uh, thank you so much for the $5 super chicken. Shout out to Gaz, Ace, and Random Ham. What are you fellas playing this week? Uh, before we do that, let's just go answer that question. Asa, what are you playing this week? I don't know. I haven't finished High Fire Rush yet, so I play bits and pieces of that with my perfect timing. Cracking through it with the S rankings everywhere. Nailing every beat as I do, because I'm really good at stuff. I'm not going to stream that one, so I just have to take my word for it. Um, and I mentioned on Twitter that I plugged in my fancy speed editor. I didn't plug it in. I've got this fancy video speed editor, and I was like, oh, this... I don't understand what it does, so I plugged my steering wheel oh, in instead. I plugged my steering wheel instead. I've that. downloaded a few like project cars, Dirt Ready 2 and things like that. I'm going to crack on with some VR racing in anticipation for the for the PlayStation VR when it comes about. I, I didn't hear any of that until you sh- after you showed that device. Can you please, please put that on screen again, just momentarily? Mm. Is that what I think it is? 
please, what, please. What do you think it is? The speed editor. Does it have a dial to go through the timeline? Yes. Oh my god! I was editing the other day. I'm like, why it is so laborious? There needs to be something in my head. I was thinking there needs to be something I can scrub through to edit on the timeline. You just showed me that thing. We'll talk about it afterwards. You can't <laughs> have it. Yeah, that thing on ridiculousness that they, yeah. they moved around. That's, it's the same thing. Bro, I need that because going back and forth, cutting a, splicing a like clip, going back is so laborious to the point where I now cut, copy, and then paste. And this, well, that's okay. Sorry, chat. Rand, what have you been playing <laughs> about Hogwarts Legacy? We know that. Uh, well, that's the answer. Yep, there you go. And you, uh, Ham, you're going to be saying the same thing, right? Anything else? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be playing that. I'm going to try to get back. I'm, I'm going to try to force myself to get back into Shinmu because I love that <laughs> game um, for my Dreamcast. What's up? Your settings on, you sound like a Dalek about to get absolutely oh my God. worked. Sound is choppy. Yeah, Gaz is having a Gaz. I'm Just literally please. not doing anything. I was fine. I was fine. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing, doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, I, I, yeah, I'm gonna continue to play Hogwarts and hopefully, uh, Shin uh, continue to play Shinmu on my Dreamcast and what? and Def Jam Fight for New York. Still playing that. Yeah, I love the fact that you still play that. I rate that. I rate that so much. Such a good game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm playing High Fire Rush, Dead Space, and Hogwarts Legacy. But thank you, Infinite. Um, this one, like Nintendo Direct, will speed through it. 400 people, 480 people. Thank you. If you're a Nintendo fans, we'll do you some justice because I'll pick the main ones. First of all, I want to make a point about. I was a bit surprised. Well, there are a lot of expansion passes here. Asa, they've got Splatoon 3 expansion pass. You've got a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 expansion pack. Um, you've got Mario Kart 7 Deluxe Booster Course DLC. You've got Fire Emblem expansion pack. Uh, There's another one. Um, and I'm like, what's an expansion pack? Is that just DLC? Um, like additional content? Nintendo's yeah, so Nintendo on try it? and run like 20 years behind the rest of the industry. So they're still on like map packs, <laughs> essentially. Um, they'll catch up eventually. But this is a good thing. This is one of the few reasons I still like Nintendo, because I like the way that the industry used to be in some senses. Don't pack these things with microtransactions. Give me the season passes that have content in them. I'm okay with that. And you say that I don't like Nintendo and I throw a switch over my shoulder and all the rest of it. It might still work. I haven't turned it on since recording that clip over a year ago. I do not use the Nintendo Switch very much. But it's mostly... I don't like Mario at all. As a character, he shouldn't exist in this century as far as I'm concerned. But Nintendo's like fringe IP, Splatoon, Fire Emblem, things like that, um, Metroid. These actually appeal to me quite a lot. Xenoblade, I want to play that. So actually Nintendo have games that I am fairly certain I would like if they only had some good hardware for me to play them on. Mm, I think a lot of people are in your boat as well, including me. I will still play them on the Mario. aging hardware, but, hard but not, okay, that's where we don't <laughs> agree. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, the aging hardware is a problem. It's It's kind of putting me off stuff including the big ones. Well, Disney Illusion Island is a look, very special looking game. Um, sounds weird. And I was watching it live with, uh, with, with the Lion Lords and I was like, what's this? It's like, you guys are getting hyped about Mickey. M oh, Mick this looks like a game that has a lot of character, really well built. Um, did you check this out, Ham? Disney Illusion Island and something would you play? 
No, I'm not playing that. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. I'm not even going to ask you, Rand. I'm not going to ask you if you've ever played Metroid Prime. I have but... played Metroid Prime. I love Metroid Prime. What? Metroid Prime is amazing. I had a GameCube. Uh, Metroid Prime and the trilogy is... I, I've honestly thought about hooking my Switch up just to play Metroid Prime Remaster. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm Met- surprised. Uh, Metroid Prime was amazing on GameCube, but I had spite for it because me and my brother had a beef. I was a Halo guy, and he put Metroid Prime against him. It didn't even make any sense. But in my, my stupid Xbox fanboyism, I had this hate, which is gone now. Uh, because PlayStation replaced that. Um, but is Metro Prime remastered in HD? You might actually buy it. Would yeah, you, you know it? it's interesting about this game, and we were talking about it on the podcast yesterday. One of one of our listeners uh, asked this question, and we, me and Jess hadn't thought about it until it was asked. It was like, was this game supposed to? Because you know how it's, it's digital, shadow dropped, right? Hey, you can play it now digitally, but the physical version is coming on February twenty second, I believe, right? Yeah. What if, right, Asa? Am I am I correct? Is that when the physical version of Metroid Prime is releasing, like right, February twenty second? You're always right. Like, I think it's twenty second. It's yeah. off the digital one, which is. But weird. like, what if the plan was to release, you know, the game on February twenty second as well as the digital version, but then they saw the response to Hi-Fi Rush and the Shadow Drop. So then they changed it to shadow drop it early and then have the physical version later. And it was something that made me, made me and Jess pause and be like, you know, maybe that's possible. It's Nintendo, they see things happen and they mark it in the calendar for 20 years time. I mean, maybe it's not, but it was just, it was just something I didn't think of where it's like, oh, because how many people are buying it digitally where Nintendo gets more of a cut now? You know, because FOMO is the thing, right? People don't want to yeah. miss out. And they're like, oh, I'm going to buy Metroid instead of waiting for the physical edition because you have to wait a couple weeks. It's like, oh, I'm going to buy it digitally. I, I just wonder if the plan was always to drop the digital version first and wait, or if it was all supposed to come out on the 22nd, and then they saw the response to Hi-Fi Rush, and they're like, let's do that with Metroid. It'd be interesting. Kesanti's naughty. He's been playing it on the Steam Deck. We that's don't not pirates. So he's, he's, a, he's pirating it? Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean he hasn't bought it. You can um, you can pirate you can play things you can emulate things ethically on the oh, Steam Deck. Oh, that, that's yeah. the term. Emulate emulation. Casey confirms that in there's, chat. There's even a new emulator for the the 360 that you can use on the Xbox. My friend is working on that. That's yeah? quite interesting. Yeah, he's been working on it. It's gonna make a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, no, the emulating emulating is a bit of a gray area that at likes of oh no it's alex has no <laughs> hesitation in promoting which i like um i'm a piracy baby since uh playstation was chipped back home in pakistan i got loads of chipped games it's the only way you could afford to play all those games and it made me what i am today a piece of shit no um like i've managed to play so many games on playstation one as a result and two as a result of piracy and um, games I would have never been able to play. So I don't feel the ethical, like, I feel bad. I stole from the devs. How can I steal from the devs when I would have never had the money to play those games? I was looking at it as Final Fantasy. You know, I signed up to Sony's, like, gift card. I was just staring at the back of my box for ages. I looked at this postcard from Final Fantasy, imagining it for ages. I never got to play it. I never got to play Final Fantasy VII after I chipped it, even. 
because there's problems with the multi-disc thing or whatever. But yeah, so like emulation or not, I am not judging you in chat. I'm not promoting it, but this Guess is a game like... Guess that he ain't, he ain't stealing, he's surviving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, look, in these times, I mean, Game Pass to me feels like almost like piracy. It's so good. And it's not a Paris Lily shill line. I'm just genuinely like, that's what it reminds me of. Like of so many games. Plus a game share and Colt Eastwood buys a lot of games. Now I feel like I have to buy a lot of games, but it's just great. And Metro Prime Remastered, even on Switch, uh, I might get it on Steam Deck <laughs> and support the devs. Uh, actually buy the game on Switch, uh, but that looks great. Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. It's finally coming, 12th of May. People in chat, let me know if you're hyped for it. Uh, this is a time for a poll, which I will do. But <laughs> Rand, surely, surely this one you'll be intrigued to play. You're playing Hogwarts Legacy. Why would you be biased if you are uh, against Legend of Zelda? Tears of the King. Did you like Breath know. of the Wild? That was Jeff Grubb's number one game of all time. Did you see his list? I, I saw he I didn't look at it, but I've never played Breath of the Wild. Oh my god. Oh, I don't wow. I don't care about Zelda. I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't I I haven't even watched this. I don't I haven't watched this trailer. I have no idea what this trailer even shows. I just don't I'm sorry, guys. I don't care. That's fair enough. I mean, Jeff Grubb got so much flack for his his top to a top 200 list of best games ever doesn't even feature Halo. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, well, if he doesn't like Halo, he doesn't like Halo." It was in the I mean, personal list. It's a personal list, but what I didn't like is that Ocarina of Time is number 58 on his Bro, list. Bro, if I was making that list, I, if I was making that list, I wouldn't have any Nintendo games in my top 200. I'd have zero. Maybe maybe, maybe Punch-Out, maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 3, and that'd be it. It'd be like literally no Nintendo games. So. Uh, yeah, okay, well, fair enough. I mean... His list wasn't that bad. I actually thought it was a good list. I just found the numbering or the positioning a bit weird. 58 for Ocarina of Time. For me, it would be a much higher. But Breath of the Wild number one, mm, I can see why it would be. But this game, Acer, surely. Every time I name your name, even though you're a guest, I'm so nervous. Say something. Yeah. There it is. It works. Talk I changed mics. I changed mics because this one was just driving me insane. So um, hopefully you can hear me now. Definitely. Thank you. Oh, it's a little less God. quality, but it, it works. So it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so <laughs> I think of when it comes to Nintendo as a whole, not even just like Breath of the Wild. When I think of it, I, it kind of reminds me of a 50 Cent song. Um, I, I think the song was called uh, like Wangsta or something like that. You remember that? Where it's like, so. damn, homie. In high school, you was the man, homie. The oh, fuck yeah. happened to you? That part. That's exactly how I feel when it comes to Nintendo. It was like, damn, you were the man, but what I don't follow you anymore. Happening? I don't rock with Nintendo no more. I, I, I don't. I still, <laughs> I still support it. I'll still buy it because I want to keep up with the stuff because I'm just a gamer and I just do that. I mean, just because it's not my priority doesn't mean I don't want it. But at yeah. the same time, it's just like I cannot watch a Nintendo Direct without getting tired. Um, getting, yeah. get, get, eh, you know, and, and I know and you like, mean. I know you mean. I was on Iron Lords. I was just like, "What is this? Is it started yet? Are they going to show the good stuff? Are they show? 
but Nintendo has its own fan base. I know what you mean, Ham. It does, and, and 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 like I said, it it, it just it, for me, it just it, I I. I I'm not going to say I grew past it as if I'm above it, but I just didn't grow with it. And you know, like, 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 like we separated a long time ago. I still play it and enjoy some games. I love smash brothers. I'll still buy the new Mario that comes out. Sorry, Asa. But, um, <laughs> but I tell you what, I'm not day one on anything. Nintendo. Ah, uh, fair enough. For me, for me, I am day one. I was day one on Goldeneye, which is pretty much Nintendo. Um, Special Nick is in the chat. He completely abandoned Goldeneye. He has completely abandoned Goldeneye. Good call. Yeah, a great call. Smart man. Smart man. Because that that port was 100% disrespectful. Mm. Well, no, he wouldn't say that. He he would say that port's great, and it's game of the year contender for this year, which is you need to actually beat the game first, Nick, before you can say it's a game of the year contender. That's insane, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, Nick, Nick, I'm sure you're a great dude. I don't know who you are, but no. <laughs> he, no. he publicly now said that Goldeneye is shit and he's a fraud. No, he didn't say that. Uh, but <laughs> piss off. I mean, that wouldn't be the wrong thing to say. I mean, doesn't have to complete it. I mean, I 100%ed it because I had a personal... I didn't even think I was going to 100% it, but I just got stuck because in the nostalgia... But Le- Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is the game that everyone needs to keep an eye out on because that is the one that could potentially steal the Game of the Year award from potentially, potentially Microsoft and Starfield. Um, and I'll be there for it. If Tears of the Kingdom... I will say this. This is going to be a very controversial take as people, just like uh, Nintendo fans especially. Tears of the Kingdom, though, I'm a bit worried that... That looks like an expansion pass to me. That looks like DLC. But um, I'll be honest, like the mechanically it looks it has some cool mechanics, the hovercraft thing and stuff, but I'm like, this looks like an expansion pass. It's uh, but I, I said that then, about yeah. Majora's mask. So maybe I'm gonna I'm a prick. So I don't know. Um but yeah, there was other things. Game Boy and Game Boy Color games are on Switch. It's like, uh, Octopath Traveler 2, I have no idea about, but everyone tells me it's a great game. And I haven't played it. I want it. Kirby's I really liked the first one mostly. Really want the second yeah. one very much. Yeah. Not on the Switch. As on the PlayStation, because there's not an Xbox. No, which is like a weird story in itself because Octopath Traveler, the first one, came out on Switch. And at some point it came out on PC and then it came out on Xbox and Game Pass. Never came out on PlayStation, but the sequel is. Everything except Xbox, which is a little bit odd. But yeah. I'm looking forward to talking about Traveler 2. I'm all over that one. It's definitely your internet, not your microphones. What's up, bro? How? It, it's still having some... Yeah. I said I, I, said yeah, I have a question for you. Can you hear me right? So it's something to do with my internet, right? I guess, whatever. But, um, god dang. I, I was going to ask you, what what's the difference to you? And I want to hear this from Rand as well. Got a question for pretty much a panel, Ace as well. Um, what's the difference to you between saying like something just feels like DLC compared to it being, you know, number two or something like you know, um, the, the, the next version of the game? Because that's a good question. That's in my eyes, question. don't elaborate. Your microphone's yeah. really bad in my right eyes. now. <laughs> just, just leave it there. I'm so sorry, uh, <laughs> Hab. This is so harsh. You don't know what we're talking about. It's like a reverse world in chat. It's like... 
but you're I'm so sorry. Just go for it. Let him finish the question, Asa, you piece of shit. <laughs> Look, we've put his lovely guest. He's waiting for the show and technology's oh, fucking my God. You only let oh, there you go, you're Do fine. Okay, say now. So I went back to my old mic that you said was terrible. And I what but anyways. Anyways, anyway, I was saying that like what's the difference between the sequel and a game film like DLC? Because I'm a little confused when people say that, especially when a game's on the exact same console as the first one. Mm -hmm. What are we anticipating that makes us call a game DLC versus the next iteration? That's a very good question. It's just Rand, a, it's I'll... just a it's just a way to put down a game. That's all it really is. It's like, hey, this game that is successful that has a sequel looks like the game that it's a, you know a sequel to. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, no, I disagree with that. I disagree. No, with no, that. no. But come on, like, I think personally, when people bring out it's just DLC. It's used as a way to discredit the it game. Definitely, it definitely. That's is really used all it is. History. But the, no, with God of War, there were. Oh, here we go. Were, God of War. God of War is always the example, isn't it? You damn Xbox, you. You <laughs> damn Xbox. Let's go. It's messy. Yes, we get messy now. God. No, I'm, sorry. No, I'm not doing that. Don't put that label on me because I picked God of War. God of War had the creator. Well, okay, but here's War. the thing, guys. What other, what other game? Sure, I know what Jaffe said. What other game would you have picked? The first thing in your mind when you said, "Hey, DLC, this game's this sequel's a DLC." You Zelda. went to okay, Zelda. Okay, well, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I don't really know. So you you think Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom is, is look is would be the same sort of stuff that people were saying about God of War Ragnarok that it's just DLC, essentially. The, see, yeah. I'm, I have some concerns based on the... But it's Nintendo is Zelda, so I shouldn't be. So this is what I'm talking about. Like, I had the same thing years ago when I played Ocarina of Time, probably in my top three of all time. And Majora's Mask came out, and I'm like, oh, it's just like a, the same thing, but a little bit extra. But it's a full game. People will not call it expansion parts. The same way. And I, and I didn't play it as a result because it didn't get me excited. And I'm thinking, like... But I may be wrong. Buying it day one, but I feel like, what is it that's so different? The same thing with Destiny 2. They, Ham, to answer your question, do you recycle the same enemy types? You change the same types to change the skin, maybe some of the behaviors and like the powers or gun bullets, whatever come out. Destiny 2 looked like an expansion to Destiny 1. I never, I boycotted it for that reason. Every time I see it, all the strikes and everything, it's like it's the same recycled stuff. God of War it was a little bit different. Though this is what I was trying to say. It was a very conservative... It started off as DLC, and then they fully fleshed it out. I'm not trying to discredit God of War, because that's a fully-fledged like experience, very close mechanically to this old game, but refined to a point where you can't call it DLC. Whereas with this one, I'm like, the upgrades seem a little bit conservative, but then... It's Nintendo. It's Shigeru. Mm. They're gonna do some madness. Is it? Shigeru? I don't know. I, I feel like this is more. Well, you brought up a, a, a example from the '64 era, but like it, it. When I look at the 360 era, and when we actually were getting sequels to games every other year, or you know, like I never thought Assassin's Creed Two or Assassin's Creed Three or Assassin's Creed Brotherhood were DLCs. From the first game, right? Or even like from two, I never thought like Bioshock 2 was a DLC to Bioshock 
or any of the other like mm-hmm. you know, like I didn't think Dead Space Two was DLC to Dead Space, right? I, I sort of feel like the the DLC moniker is more prevalent now uh, as a way to put down you know the developers reusing assets because how games take a long time to make so they're gonna try to streamline as much as they can i feel like that's more prevalent now than it ever was during a time when we used to get sequels every other year i mean do you do you feel that way at all is it just me well depends i mean that's a good way of framing it because like in context and bg in the chat says hot take sequels should be the original they game. should be just improvement they should be We're like did, did anybody did anybody say uncharted 2 was dlc for uncharted 1 or uncharted oh, 3 was I, dlc to uncharted 2 or gears 2 say, was uncharted was dlc to gears 1 i mean there's sequels people enjoyed the first one they want more of it but a little bit better and that's what sequels are supposed to do and i find it i find it odd that like people are like ragnarok's just dlc and it's like i don't I, well i know but i'm just saying i don't think ragnarok's as good as 2018 but at, at no I, I just I, I feel like it's just a way to just just to uh i think dismiss the game out of hand that's that's basically all it is to me i but to me it is it means that the changes are very conservative looking to the point where i question because dlcs exist expansion paths exist so do sequels there's obviously a transition period it's not like where is it where does it lie like when do we call dlc a sequel like it's it's an incremental upgrade at one point with more content that's what dlc is when is it okay to call dlc sequel because there's no hard line then who's deciding like when it's a sports game it's dlc that's it done the the topic is ended i don't think so i think like with the way but destiny 2 to me was egregious in that sense i thought it was a way too conservative for a sequel overwatch what the hell is that about is that really overwatch 2 to you do you think that's okay let's take overwatch 2 as an example do you think that's that's valid sequel it's not even 1.5 to me so one point. Well, I mean, you know, there are some companies that are very greedy when it comes to certain things. You know, maybe yeah. maybe that's maybe that's more the exception than the rule. Essentially, um, outside of the campaign, I thought Vanguard was DLC. <laughs> you know, like like Ham said, like what about sports? Sports games are mostly the same year from year because they got to put it out every single year. So, like, what? How many changes can you really? expect them did, to do between maddens and 2ks and stuff and fifas yeah sports games they have a history of actually taking the piss but they upgrade it and we accept it fourth sport fan the mainstream do but they they're pretty bad for that um but i just think like there there's this question of like what actually signifies a sequel i don't think it's that clear cut and we should just accept like the developer said it's a sequel then most likely it is and we should just get like bg you mentioned some upgrades but then dlc can be classified as a sequel unless you're talking about game length it's it's, it's a new hey, topic Asa, here, here's you, uh, really quickly i guarantee you when spider-man 2 shown off with gameplay people will say it's dlc 100%. for spider-man yes, and Mor- but even on the xbox side i bet you whenever they show outer worlds 2 people will just say it's dlc for outer worlds yeah 
Maybe. know, because Xbox doesn't really make a lot of sequels, mainly because a lot of their franchises that they tried to introduce during the Xbox One era were one and dones. Yeah. But if they ever try to really do sequels now, they'll be like, oh, well, that's just like the first game. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> People like yeah. it, you know, like the idea of like God of War Ascension or God of War reinventing itself is doesn't happen very often in the yeah. games, right? It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's something that happens very little. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I'm not I feel- asking for a reinvention of the wheel, but I think that there needs to be enough, like even Zelda, like uh, well, I always forget the name of this game. Either, so I'm so tears of the kingdom. Uh, there needs to be enough meat there to say like, this is very different for it to be classified as a sequel. And it's not simple. There's like, a nuanced topic, you'll play that game and say, all right, you added completely whole new dungeons that changed everything. So, because, you know, the dungeons in Breath of the Wild, there were like 200 little mini puzzles. If they carry that on, but different puzzles, that's not enough. The the boss battle dungeons, they need to change tremendously. If it's the same old, but you're solving this puzzle, then navigating to the end boss, I think that's not good enough. Then I will come out and say that this is barely a sequel i'm not saying that this uh, this is my concern i just looked at the trailer i'm like there are some mechanics there that look like it could be really good let's see how transformative that is the experience sorry i've ranted about the acer sorry what do you think about that (laughs) you're you're getting there eventually between you um i'm very much (laughs) in rand's camp in that it i I would say it's very often used just to to discredit and disparage games particularly in like the console warring scene people just like to levy it as a criticism but there is some substance to the conversation in that developers and publishing studios are going to be looking to make cost savings and be efficient wherever possible and you were talking about like the perception of value so we need to feel like we are getting our money's worth in whatever it is that they deliver whether it be on the same map whether it recycles some enemies whether it uses the same animations and you can look at a game like elden ring nobody's disputing the value of elden ring one because it was 50 quid not 70 two because it delivers a hell of a lot but it's reusing animations yeah. from dark souls it's reusing spells and things from dark souls like there's a lot that is recycled because from software aren't idiots and you don't put in a load of work to reinvent the wheel for no reason but it is all about perception yeah. of value. And when there are massive cost savings made, so if you get like um, going way back to Crackdown 2, it took eight months to make. Yeah. And that that was DLC because that used the Crackdown 1 map. They spent eight months and they shit something out. And then you start looking at the perception of value and you wonder, when are these savings passed on to us? Like if you're making all of these gains in efficiency and things, and it comes mm. back to that um, that whole conversation that we have frequently about setting a price of a game and building a game up to it rather than building something and charging a fair price so there's definitely like there's some merit to having discussions about like how much is new how much value there is to us as gamers and how much we are paying for it but more often than not like god of war ragnarok people that that went off on that one being dlc and reusing animations was like they've delivered a massive game with far too many chests full of hack silver so I don't think anybody that's playing it is really going to dispute that they've paid, they've made enough effort to justify that being a sequel, but yeah. I'm sure there are still people um, out there that do. <laughs> well, you mentioned the price point and working up to the price point. This game is $70, a Nintendo game, and that is where it makes things a little bit more murky. Like now, the pressure is on. How are you justifying this price? Can someone explain to me why this game is $70? Yeah, I can. 
Tell me, Rand. Because everyone's still going to buy it. <laughs> that's and that's taking that's the, the justification. Because guess what? Everyone's still going to buy it at seventy dollars. People are going to be lining up on the streets to play Zelda, so they can get away with it. They probably can't get away with some of their other titles, but they're going to be like Zelda. No, you're going to you're going to pay this ten dollar upgrade of seventy bucks. You may complain about it, but guess what? At the end of the day, you're going to open up your wallet, you're going to use your credit card, and you're going to spend it. It doesn't matter that it's, it's taking. Not on the switch 2 and it's better looking and better performance it's you know it's it you're you're gonna give us that money I mean, that's, you know what? that's like taking the minor pitch. minor defense for nintendo and i'm i'm a consumer and i'm not in favor of prices going up but i did read something that said that nintendo are giving all of their staff a 10 percent wage increase they did and if you look okay. at if you look at like there's always these conversations around like inflation and what the economy is doing and all the rest of it and that applies broadly to all of these publishers but if you look at what sony and microsoft are doing they're recouping a lot of that by expanding their audience so microsoft are obviously doing the whole game passing and completely revolutionizing the way that they distribute games sony are putting their games onto pc so they're all looking to expand how much revenue they make nintendo it would be nice if they were to put their games on pc but they're not so they're their avenue to expand on their revenue is to squeeze the audience that they've got and say, you love Zelda and Mario, you little dickheads, pay us money. And that is what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. No statement, no nothing. We know you're going to pay $70. That's why you're going to pay it. Other games exactly. will be 60 And that's a hand. That's, bruh, like, come on. That's second like the bit. Where, where's your take on the $70 thing with Zelda? Um, I think it's absolutely BS, yeah. in my opinion. Um, I mean, am I coming in good this time? Yes, you are. Yes, yeah. you are. I'm so sorry that you've had I, these issues. I'm so man, sorry. Man, I've been working in the background just trying to get this all figured out, try to figure it's out why out. it it's sounds perfect on my end, because I go to listen to my voice and it sounds perfect, and then you guys say, oh, it sounds terrible, and I'm just like, what the heck is happening? But anyways, um, as for this game, <laughs> I don't understand why the heck it, I mean, I understand what what Rand said. People will buy it exactly, but like to me, it's just know. it's just like where when are we going to draw the line at some Wait. point? Because we are the consumers, and I swear, like the, the 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 willingness for a lot of these people to hop out and buy this were the same people saying, "Why the heck is Xbox raising their prices?" I'm the why same. the heck did PlayStation raise their price? Why did EA raise their price? Why did why, why why did 2K raise their price? But as soon as it's their game, <laughs> oh, a-okay. Not yeah, a problem. I'm not there. Take I'm not my there. money. Actually, you know what? While we're at it, why don't I just spend $120 and get a nice little coloring book with it while I'm at it? Like it's just like like I I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand I just, it at all and and it's just like dude this this is six-year-old hardware um for the most part the last thing that you got that's upgraded for this thing is a network adapter and a oled screen that makes you see the flaws in a much prettier light <laughs> in much, in much <laughs> more clearly oh wow this is really ancient yeah <laughs> but you see okay this is a kind of controversial take. Not that I'm meaning to be that just for the sake of it, but that price point, gentlemen, combined with potentially, potentially, I'm the only one saying this, so I may be wrong and I'm holding my hand there, potentially conservative upgrade from Breath of the Wild. Reviewers 
should take that into account strictly on the price point as well when assessing the value of this game and quality as well. I feel like that should play. Normally, I wouldn't say price makes a, makes a difference that much. In, well, kind of in a in a review, but I don't want Nintendo to get uh, an easy ride through this because it's Zelda. Because we all got that Nintendo like sheet like bias. Uh, I don't. You don't. You don't. I do. <laughs> uh, but I I think they get. I I think they get. I think Breath of the Wild is... I think it's a little bit overrated as well. I loved it. I loved it. You don't understand. It took over my gaming. What it did make me feel feelings I thought I had lost since Ocarina of Time. Still think it's a tad bit underrated because of the... Oh, overrated because the dungeons were weak. Um, but this game, I don't want Nintendo to get a pass because it's got the Zelda banner on it. And it's, I'll charge you that price tag. So I'm going to be very happy when I play it, hopefully, and very eagerly looking into it. But I just, I think Nintendo's been getting a bit of a little free kind of ride with reviewers critically because of nostalgia. And I feel like it's time to change that. Maybe. Yo, Gaz, Gaz, I've seen the writing on the wall with this because I did a, I, I have a show that I do every Wednesday that where it's just me. I don't have any other panel members or whatnot. And I'm just like talking about the news and stuff like that. And um, I had read the thing that Ace had just brought up about the whole 10% increase in wage. Um, and that had came out and whatnot. Pretty much, at, it, I felt like it was a response to them fire or, or trying to fire somebody for asking about unionization in gaming, which uh, Xbox okay. is out there trying to bring. Right. Um, but when I was reading the very next article that had to do with uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, um, they had said that Best Buy or GameStop or a couple different people selling this game during the actual article when they first wrote it, they said, yo, they are selling pre-orders at GameStop and Best Buy and yada yada. And then at the very end of the at the very end of the article, it said those stores that had the pre-orders have now delisted and they are no longer available mm. to be pre-ordered. And I was like, it's going to be seventy dollars. Yep, that's exactly the first thing I was thinking, and is I was just it was, like, it was dude, looking like it. Come it was looking like on, and that's how it. And and very very little resistance there. So let's see, let let's see how that works. Reverse world. Thank you for the two dollar super check. My Zelda uh, reaction, not a shoe in for game of the year. And reverse world. To be honest with you, as a very big Zelda fan, I was feeling the same way. Um, I feel like. Hmm, it didn't blow my mind. It didn't blow my socks off. It didn't. It's just like, hmm, okay. It looks like it has potential, but it didn't blow me away. And so Starfield might have a better chance of giving the air. Do you just do you guys that. agree? Do you guys agree though that Elden Ring ruined seventy dollar price uh, price titles? Uh, why Game of the that? Year last year for sixty bucks. And how many games have been able to live up to their price tag like Elden Ring has? I don't... Hmm. Uh, well, Elden Look Ring... Look at all the $70 games that have came out lately or within the past year. Callisto Protocol. We got That's Dead Space. We got... Um, w w which was supposed to... Be, which is a good game. Um, we got Forspoken, God of War, Tiny Tina's, NFL 2K, N or, or NBA 2K, NFL yeah. Madden. Like, how many of those games can you say, man... 
that's worth an extra 10 bucks compared to the game of the year the last two years uh it, it takes two and um and elden ring both cheaper and known to be better um i mean i've said before i don't think any of the games that i played so far have justified their ten dollar increase um yet at least maybe they will by the end of the generation but i don't i haven't played a single game that i was like okay yeah i see why this was ten dollars more right Mm um ham brings up a good point i don't know if people think about it like that where it was like hey elden ring offered so much content for 60 it makes other games that are 70 dollars uh look worse by comparison i I don't i don't think people Uh, view it like that i think they just look at Elden ring as like an incredible game that kind of bucks a lot of the open world trends that a lot of the these current open world games are built on where it's like hey it's not handholdy i don't open up the map and there's not icons all over the place it's like i'm the one making the discovery i'm figuring these things out and i think that's a breath of fresh air in the current climate where a lot of open world video games are the opposite where it's like extended tutorials and let me hold your hand and xp and all this other stuff so um but yeah i will say the whole 70 dollar game stuff which is still i mean we knew it was inevitable right sony was like hey we're doing it and then like a lot of the other third parties jumped on because hey what was what was the argument we've been sixty dollars for too long and game price and make the the cost of making games has gone up so we need to charge more um and then microsoft jumped on the bandwagon which we sort of knew was going to happen i figured it would happen by starfield and it did i i I thought nintendo would join the bandwagon for the next console with they actually did it with they actually did it with skyrim before they did it with uh with tears of the kingdom and everybody was blaming microsoft for nintendo selling skyrim at 70 dollars well the version of skyrim they're selling at 70 is the version that also comes with like all the complete the extra, one right yeah like all the, all the extra dlc and stuff um yeah. but yeah i just i just personally i have yet to play a game where it was like yep ten dollars makes sense you know i it's really haven't yet yeah yeah so I, I mean i'm there with you Sorry. Some other people have said like, Hi-Fi Rush is another good example. Hi-Fi Rush, oh, actually, I'll park that for a moment. Elden Ring in the UK was 50 quid, not 60. So so we've got a bigger saving over here. Elden Ring um, is 50, and the likes of the PlayStation games, the Xbox games, are 70. And that's a massive, massive difference in perception. And as you said, Rand, Elden Ring is like... It's a phenomenal game that stands in its own right. But if it was 70, I don't know if I would have got it at the point that I did. 50 is a it's a massive drop from that. Um, so it made a big difference to me. But Hi-Fi Rush dropped at 30, 30 quid, $30. Um, and notably didn't have a physical edition. And we've spoken about this loads and loads and loads before about games hitting the 70 price point. Setting that before the game is even a thing. Like they, they set this price and they build a game up to it. And that's wrong, but a big part of the reason for that is the physical distribution model. So the whole industry needs to <laughs> decouple. <laughs> yeah, the whole you industry needs to decouple. You get the hammer, but no disc. <laughs> you don't get the disc in that. Oh, no, you get the hammer and then a piece of paper that says, "Here's a code, bud." Yeah. Well, Asa, do you in feel an empty box with Hi-Fi Rush? <laughs> I felt after playing it, I was like, I felt it was actually should have been more expensive. I, I felt like after playing it, like this should have been maybe a forty or fifty dollar game. Like there was more than enough content to justify a higher price I'm, point. I'm I, I was benchmarking against other games. 
But the, like I say, the key for Hi-Fi Rush is there is no physical thing. So a long time ago, when, when Microsoft and Sony introduced these digital stores, they justified having the same price as they have at brick-and-mortar stores yeah. by saying, like, if we undercut it, then the likes of GameStop and so on are not going to sell our consoles. We need to keep mm. the price parity so that people still go to stores and we still get the shelf space because it's really important. And that was a long time ago and is not really applicable anymore. So time to decouple. Decouple the prices, charge whatever you want for physical distribution that has associated costs for getting these discs into stores and giving cuts to those stores and set digital marketplaces free like it is on the PC side, more or less, where pricing is a very yeah. different different concept over there. Yeah. There's a lot more fluid there. I don't understand mm. why the digital landscape on consoles but, but is because you get noticed, away with it. And that's Ace why is, get... Ace is suave and slimy because he didn't really answer my question. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, because I, I, I asked, I asked, I asked, I asked the question: Do you, do you think uh, there's okay, enough okay, content okay. in Hi-Fi Hi Rush that it could have been, that could have been forty or fifty dollars? Rand, has... like, so I did, I, I attempted to address it. So if you are benchmarking it against <laughs> other games that are already out there, then you could argue that it's got, it's got enough content to hit that value point. But I will never, ever, ever sit here and argue for higher prices for games. No, 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 no. Um, I'm not. So, I'm just saying. When um, I finished it, I thought, man, this could. E they could easily have sold this for forty, and people yeah. still would have been like, oh, this is this is a damn good value, or even sold it for fifty because of high how good the game actually is and how much there actually is in the game. It's right? difficult though because like when you are distributing digitally like they are, which is why I mention it, then then the equation is very simple. It's like how much are you selling it for and how many copies are you selling. So selling it for a higher price doesn't necessarily get them more revenue. And sure. we've got very few data points to, to like prove that out and see what a game would sell. Would it sell more than twice as many copies if it was half the price? Probably yes in most cases. So, But it's, uh, the point of the value point I find interesting is that we are gleaning the value here. And Rand, I haven't completed it, so I don't know how long the experience is. But that kind of quality shines through. And as a consumer, you feel like, I got a good deal there. I think that's a feeling that every game should evoke. Like I was thinking of an idea for a game. I want what I want people to feel at the end of it is like that was amazing, and that, like, that was incredible. And I felt like I paid. If Forspoken was thirty-five nothing. quid, I would own it by now. <laughs> Maybe a lot more people would as well, because Forspoken got buried by high Well, Rush yeah, that was like set the seventy-dollar price point in that one probably hurt. Right, yeah. where it was like, oh, I don't know, a new IP, not really sure, it doesn't look good. Then the reviews came in, they're like, nah, I'll wait for a sale on this if I ever play it at all. Right, yeah. where, where seventy dollars for God of War, God of War Ragnarok doesn't matter because everybody, because the first game sold the sequel, so it's like everybody's like, I don't care about the ten dollar price increase, I need to be there. You know, yeah. but seventy dollars it hurts like for spoken. Is, yeah, uh, that is the the other like the, the nuanced point that makes it hard to say that the the lower prices definitely better is that games aren't sold at just one price point so they can sell a game at 70 and also sell it at half yeah. that price later on so it does get a little bit complicated when you look at it like that but. yeah i wish they do they did they, they like uh, mike rose said they'll charge you a high price rinse all the early adopters and then they're like all right for the people who are more patient not bigger fans here's a discount um and, and i believe hogwarts legacy 70 bucks isn't it yeah, I don't I know because I because I, I, I my buddy game shared it with me, so I don't I didn't just pay for it, so I didn't know how much it is. It's seventy dollars, right? It is seventy dollars. Mm. Yeah, so that's next gen only. 
No, that's on. It hasn't released yet for last gen. It releases in April on Xbox One and PS4, and then I think at the same time on for Switch. The Switch later. Yeah, for the Switch even later. Switch is the last one. I to do come out. not know how that game is going to run on last gen because it doesn't I, run I, the greatest on current. I'm gen. so excited to see how it runs on the Switch, just to see somebody play it. I I don't want to buy it there, but I just <laughs> I just want to see somebody play it there. It's gonna like BG says it's gonna run like trash. It is gonna. There's a reason why they've done that. Like even on performance mode, I I see that the pop ins are coming on every time you go into it. But then it loads up and it looks nice. So it's like ah okay. But yeah, it's gonna run like shit. I'm telling you right now, all of them, especially the Switch. But it's probably why it was shit. delayed as well. Probably because it ran like shit and they couldn't release it in that state. Yeah, you know? which is fair enough. They got the they've got the reviews out the gate. Big review scores. If that reviewed and they released the last gen ones, then it's a time, isn't it? Say goodbye to last gen. It's holding everything back. Say goodbye. Maybe that's what. Uh, a, maybe that's what a uh, Cyberpunk should have did. They should have just released the PS5 and Xbox Series X versions and delayed the last gen versions. One hundred percent. Definitely, definitely should have done that. I mean, or cancel back, the last gen versions. Or whatever. It was harder then because they're obviously the there are not many PS5s and Xbox Series consoles in the wild, and now obviously that's changed, and now it's more enticing. Oh to yeah, that is true. Current gen a little bit more. A shout out to Sheriff for being a member. Yeah, good to see you in the chat after a long time. Last topic, but this is a big one. CMA versus UK. The deal is dead. Everyone is crying. This well, you know what? We had a nice chat about this, Ace, didn't we, in the background? Ace was like, oh, well, this is going to stir the hornet's nest. Ace, you thought the deal was dead when Microsoft CMA came No, I, I would never be that that kind of... <laughs> Determined, yeah. Uh, what's the word? Oh, I don't presume anything because I don't know what's going on, really. Um, I typically shy well away from this topic because I don't care. I will say mm. that I dislike Activision as a publisher and have done for a long time, as you know, um, full well. So my yep. main interest in the deal is I would like to see Blizzard working in better circumstances than they have been for quite a long time now. Besides that, I think um, the language that the CMA were using was was pretty strong. I've seen some analysts and things read that in the opposite direction and say that they're leaving things open and the deal will be done in no time. But um, I'm going to let you talk about it, guys. You're the lawyer. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, you're, you are the lawyer, guys. Come on. Well, I'm not a mergers and acquisitions lawyer, but I will. I was reading this document, and to me, well, first of all, I will say I'm very surprised by people's reactions, or I was. Like, I didn't think, like, everyone's like, the deal is dead. And everyone, even Jez, your buddy Jez was like, fuck the CMA. They're messed up. Nah, he gets up. emotional. He gets emotional. I don't kind of blame he him wants, for He the wants, CMA. it's very much like Asa. He wants Blizzard to be free and World yeah. of Warcraft and Star. He wants Starcraft to come back I'm and he feels if, guess. he feels if Kotick is still in power and Activision's by itself, it'll never happen. And the only chance that what? it could happen is if Xbox buys them. So that's why. If know. I'm right, Rand, that's his backyard. So he's extra disappointed. Absolutely. Yeah, well, he, cause he feels because he yeah. feels he feels the CMA doesn't understand the video game industry, which it's you true. know maybe they do, maybe true. they don't. He went on a big rant about it yesterday on the show. I'm glad he did. I was listening to that, and he's he, look. Well, okay, well, I get Jez's take on it. It's frustrating, and I'm with him there. And I'm not even as big as Activision Blizzard and maybe Acer. You're you're a big WoW player at the time as well. So was I. But not a big WoW player, but 
I played WoW uh, for quite some time. Kind of. World of Warcraft like has special meaning in this, in terms of this acquisition. In that I've never, I didn't like World of Warcraft when it came out, but I did play it for a time with a group of friends and and had some fun. But um, I watched Activision absolutely bastardize the way that that game was monetized to the point that I couldn't really stomach it anymore. And it's not just my my. Big Blizzard game that I actually really liked was Warcraft 3. So before World of Warcraft, I played a lot of Warcraft 3. I liked that game a lot. Um, I liked StarCraft, didn't play it as much. And some of their older stuff was really, really good. But World of Warcraft was like, um, it told a story in itself in terms of it was fairly controversial for being a subscription-based game when it came out because not many companies could could pull that off and get money on a subscription basis game was just like vomited at the thought of paying monthly for a game back in those days but it did really well but that wasn't enough and activision got in there so now you you buy the game you buy the expansions you subscribe month by month and there's a cash Mm -hmm. shop and you can buy the main currency and you see this happen and go no this is there's like deep-rooted evil overseeing this game <laughs> and that's my main interest in Bobby. like um in what happened well yeah pretty much uh, like i can't say that with any certainty that he is 100 percent responsible for the direction of that company but he's obviously got a big say and things need to change yeah i thought I, a bunch I, of I, people I, left and went to final fantasy i thought might have it's a horrible horrible um working culture there but this uh, well there's a lot to unpack here because lulu cheng massive massive um cool name um she joined abk she's been very vocal very vocal super on the pr front uh, almost cringe at some points i think but there were some like conversations about what's going on first of all as far as the deal is concerned just to summarize for people who don't know the cma said that they had concerns that Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard could harm gamers. Um, and then Kotick was doing the rounds on CNBC, and he says, if a deal like this can't, 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 said that like an American, can't get through, they're going to be the Silicon, they're not UK, the UK are not going to be Silicon Valley. They will be Death Valley. This is the same day Rishi Sunak, the prime minister of the UK, was announcing a new standalone government department for science and tech. Um, so it's like, carefully picked and then you've got um the cma had come back and said it's open to looking at possible remedies uh it prefers what they call structural remedies and that includes things that are pretty wild that would kill the deal in my opinion like divestment of the abk uh function from uh, activision or call of duty from the whole thing like you just separate it sell it out i mean Microsoft not going to do that. No chance. It's just a walk away. The complete value there is gone. But they will also look at behavioral remedies. And behavioral remedies are ones where Microsoft can prove in this very long document that they will safeguard the consumer interests, not be anti-compete by giving us some assurances. Maybe the 10-year contract isn't enough. It seems like it's angling for something more. The wording is quite explicitly clear. We prefer structural remedies. Um, so that's what was going on. But then, Asa, and me and you have talked about this for a while, and I've always said that... Uh, I, you know, I agree with you partially. I think it's doing irreparable... Let's just park the ABK relationship. Between Sony and Microsoft, Asa, do you not think this kind, this whole fiasco has caused irreparable damage between the two or at least 
made Microsoft more intent now to be more spiteful or not con less conciliatory against this company in its dealings? Well, uh, we'll see. So there's um, the angle that you normally approach this from is whether their, their relationship will have deteriorated with Sony. And we've seen some things this week that Sony and Activision aren't even talking at the moment. And Bobby Kotick's like, this is this is when we'd normally talk about future opportunities, but they're not picking up the phone. And then he threatened the whole of the UK, um, which was pleasant. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, there's no problems with big tech, but they will take down your government if you if you... <laughs> say the wrong thing but besides that um no my feeling about it is still that if the deal if there was like hypothetically if it completely went away and microsoft went we're backing out of this we're going to give them the compensation that we said um then sony would start answering the phone and bidding as normal for for rights to get marketing rights for call of duty and everything would more or less be back on track there, there is some animosity and there are some shareholders that will have their their view on it but mostly the shareholders at activision blizzard take a back seat and let the company run itself and say give us as much money as possible and the company is not going to cut their nose off and say like we don't want your money sony because sony's massive factor is in blizzard as an independent before they're over with yeah. microsoft sony is massive for them so they're not going to sabotage that relationship more than they need to but the angle that you just played there was how microsoft might approach things differently because microsoft since phil spencer has taken over have been pretty kind in terms of um, money hatting and timed exclusivity mm -hmm. and all of that crap which xbox were big on before his time but they like reeled back on that a lot and and sony carried on running with it so this has been like a big a big discrepancy between the way the two companies have been running for the last i don't know since 2013 or whenever phil spencer took over right um and that yeah. might change I don't know, because Microsoft is still overseeing it. Phil can't say, this is unfair, I'm going to spend billions of dollars to destroy you. And then Microsoft will say, no, that's stupid. We're a business. But he will have more leverage to go and say, look, we need to start being competitive. We need to compete. Um, all of that nonsense. And they might start spending a bit more and getting these timed exclusive deals that everybody hates. And Reminder, we do all hate that. So <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully everyone can just back yeah. off and be nice. <laughs> Well, just to add to that point about, because you, you, and I get where you're coming from. I'm not vehemently disagree with you either. And I think uh, on the point where you think Activision will reconcile its relationship because of necessity and money talks, Lulu uh, Meseve actually came out and answered this point. And she said, we're a partner to them. Were they worried about pissing us off? when they tried to kill a really good deal that our employees wanted and that players wanted? Were they worried about pissing us off when they made all these claims that seemed to be pretty disingenuous and we mm. didn't take it personally? They're making the case for what's the best for their business. Asa, this is coming from ABK. This is coming from Lulu Chang. She's been hired as their, as their head there now talking about whatever what her role is. Uh, forgot the name. Uh, I'll find it. But that, surely, surely you have to relent. Things are fraying there. If, if they will ultimately do business, at least they will sit on a table and we're like, Sony just offered us line up, fuck it, let's just call. Assuming the deal doesn't go through. They're still independent. Microsoft, look, they're offering us five mil. We'll take yours for 4.8. Because fuck them. Yeah, okay. Done. That kind of thing. I know, don't mean the numbers, but that kind of attitude. Almost like Square Enix and Sony. Microsoft seems to get shat on by Square Enix because they have a relationship. These 
these things in business thrive not just on money. I know it's a big driver, but it's predicated on relationships. It was the precursor to the Zenimax acquisition. In More my likely opinion. scenario. So I agree with you that that could happen. Like theoretically, if they've, if they've got an on the fence opportunity with Sony and Microsoft bidding pretty much the same amount, they may get all in their feelings inside with Microsoft, but it's Microsoft. So they don't need to do that. Activision will say, ah, Sony have offered us 5 million. Microsoft, you got fucking deep pockets. Give us 6 million. And the question is whether Microsoft <laughs> okay, are willing to do that <laughs> rather than, rather than like go with their feelings. They're going to extract as much money as possible and not keep it on the fence. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. So I agree with you in a way. I agree with you in a way, Asa. But at, at the same time, yo, if you're messing up Kotick's, you know, golden parachute to leave, <laughs> I feel like there could be some animosity there that could lead into, you know, deals not being as great as they were in the past. Um, where I'm kind of at on this is I think that. I think if this deal goes through, ABK is going to treat Sony like it's another day. If this deal doesn't go through, that's when it's going to be pretty hard to watch. For the, I mean, I mean, not only is this like the parachute for the for 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 Bobby Kodak and whatnot, but. <laughs> This is Phil Spencer putting his name on the line. And then also Jim Ryan's doing the same. But at the same time, this goes above even Phil Spencer up to like Sati and all of them. Yeah, Back absolutely. in the past, I just recently did an interview with Seamus Blackley, um, the creator of Xbox. And he came onto my channel, TSWS Gaming, Seamus Plug. But um, <laughs> so he came on and he said, yo, the guys up top just didn't understand that we need to advertise. We need to do this stuff. We need to get out there and spend money to mm. get that stuff going on. Seamus said, yo, Phil Spencer is talking to the right people. I was able to talk to Bill, but I couldn't talk to a whole lot of other people is what Seamus told me. Oh, okay. Phil, Phil is really in the in, 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 in a lot of people's pockets over at uh, Microsoft in comparison to, 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 to where Seamus was. And he seems to have, you know, the crowd hyped compared to where Seamus, he had to like beg and plead, hey, you guys look at me. I'm trying to get this going. Xbox is now a full on train. It got cloud gaming. It has all these different facets and ways to play Xbox on your PC. Or, I mean, you don't even have to buy a console to be in the ecosystem anymore. They're trying to make an app for you to get on your phone to go versus the whole Google Play thing. So, like, they are invested heavily in most rich guys yeah. the, you know you know the people with old money they don't like to lose they do not like to lose and if they I, lose it is how am i going to get you back and that is so true asa uh, this is the thing in business i see it all the time you cannot and i'm so glad you said that hamster you cannot underestimate the levels of pettiness comes from pride it comes from senior management and it comes from those person i see it in big business all the time I see it in my work i see it all the time when lulu cheng she is what the head of corporate affairs is telling you we're pissed she's these are the words pissed off she's used that twice pissing us off personally these are words doesn't she say we don't are, take it personally 
Well, they, no, she's talking about were they worried about us being pissed off? But she, the implication is that we are pissed off. Were they not? Were they worried about pissing us off when they tried to kill a really good deal that our employees wanted and that players wanted? What do you think that means? Hey, hey, that's keep damn going, near an all-caps text the right there. Were they really worried about <laughs> pissing us off when they made all these claims that seem to be pretty disingenuous? And we uh, didn't take it personally. Yeah. They're making the best for the best. <laughs> but the wording is that she's like, we didn't take it personally, but we are pissed. She's saying that. That's the wording. They have to read between the lines. We're not taking it personally. They're doing best for their business, but we are pissed off. Mm -hmm. But they'll continue the to do the best there, for their the business, context... right? Like, that's what it says. That's the conclusion, isn't yeah. it? They're doing the best they're doing for their business, but we are pissed off. We didn't take it personally, but we are pissed off. Of course they are. They're... The employees at ABK, they have the most to lose out on it. If this deal tanks, the share prices will tank. No chance $95 a share. No, no it's, it's more, way. It's, you say employees, it's difficult to know how much. It's, it's the decision makers that obviously matter here because you've got shareholders that are by and large, and I don't know, I've not looked into who owns Activision, Blizzard King stocks and shares, but this is largely like investment brokers gambling on stocks going up or down rather than people that actually care about the video game industry so they're not going to care they're just going to want those stocks to be worth as much as possible the employees they might care but they don't get any say in anything that happens and there's a board level like an executive board at activision blizzard king that will be making these decisions and their job is to satisfy those people that have gambled on their stocks so I don't know. We'll see. Like, I think more the bigger My question is how Microsoft responds. If Bobby responds ain't happy, the investors ain't happy. If Bobby ain't happy, the investors ain't happy. Bobby gives Bobby. a shit about nothing except money. Like, he's, he's not going to be upset about anything except money. He does not care about video games. He does not want you to have a good time. He wants to squeeze everything out of your pocket. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Uh, let me quick, before I go to you, Rand, mm. the man who's silently sitting there. <laughs> he sounds excited. Like um, I will uh, read out this. super deadly headly. Thank you for being for a member for seven months. He goes, missed the live show, but hope you're having a good one. Can't wait to pay 70 pounds for the 420. Uh, I don't think it's 70 quid. I think it's 60 quid here in the UK, by the way, deadly, uh, for Zelda. Stay saucy and smack that like button. Yes, thank you, 515 people. Smash that like button. Face again with a $20 super chat. That's very generous. You don't always have to do $20, but... It Keep doing it. Uh, but it's this question. I haven't read the books or watched the movies of Hogwarts. Should I still, will I still like the game face? If you tuned in earlier, Ham has not read the books and he's loving the game to the point where he almost beat up Rand over his opinion. Yeah, he was very mean to me. I, I verbally assaulted Rand. He verbally assaulted <laughs> me. Said I was a no good gamer, you know? <laughs> that he plays crap games. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he dancing for his, for his game of score. No, he's not. Rand is fucking... <laughs> I will put rep on Rand's name. When he, you completed Returnal as little deaths as you did, I tried. I was like, this no. little bitch, no way is he going to die less than me. But the second boss had already died more times than you did in completing the game. I was like, oh shit, this guy knows how to play games. And then it turned <laughs> out he completed Elden Ring and he completed everything. So put when he beat people... Elden Ring, I was like, how? Yeah, people, so people still give me shit over beating the Elden guy. Ring in like <laughs> 70 hours or whatever. good. Put respect to Rand. Even if you did, who cares? It's it's your game. It's how you want to yeah. play it. At least it I, at least I, at least, at least I, I said it was my game of the year and I actually finished it too. Oh! I know what the <laughs> reference is there. Um, I don't know either. Well, thank you for the $2 super chat. Is there an outside chance uh, a Alan Wake drops on Game Pass? Mm, don't know. Probably not. 
Okay. If you notice, a lot of the games that drop on Game Pass aren't exactly big AAA third-party games. It seems that that ship has sailed, uh, and it's more like higher profile, double A plus, uh, maybe games as big as Wolong or. Uh, I think that's good. No, no, I mean it's saying they're 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 definitely big games, but like something like Alan Wake Two, which I expect to be a pretty big game, I doubt it would. I think the relationship between quite, Remedy yeah. and Microsoft isn't the best. Remedy yeah, and after Xbox. Quantum Break. Yeah, I don't really feel like that is. They'd be like, no, no, yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not gonna. Maybe Alan Wake Two comes to Game Pass years down the road, uh, yeah. very much like how I think Control came, but not not right away. Yeah, I think so too. I think Quantum Break, the failure there, and the TV push, there's a bit of animosity there. Um, and they're not, like, that's one of the reasons that we came in, like, now multi plat. Um, so, yeah. Face 23 Brooklyn, New York, with a $2 super chat. Thank you. Sony doesn't care as long as Xbox doesn't own COD. Agreed. That's the whole thing. Their whole counter is on COD. It all revolves around COD, which I think they murk themselves a little bit there by just so, focusing solely on COD. But they've I think used so too. COD. You think that as well? Like they should have focused on other things? Like well, what uh, I not? think they should have focused on the whole deal instead of just COD because now I feel like <laughs> oh. I feel like I feel like Microsoft let Sony corner themselves with that. I think but at the same time, and as I'm saying that, as if I'm Sony, what can I do? Because they did use the cloud argument, albeit bit shitty but they went even as far as saying that we can't do cloud only microsoft can do something as disruptive as cloud um so i think they've they've kind of which goes to me it says more than anything that this deal is i mean because the only reason it works for cod is because of how popular and how much revenue it makes for everybody they can't say the same about overwatch or yeah any of the other franchises because that they just like Sony can't say we can't live without Overwatch. You can't you can't reasonably <laughs> yeah. make that argument, but you can, and they've tried, and it seems like they're succeeding to some degree about saying how important okay. Call of Duty is to them. And it seems like the regulators are very much, especially the CMA. Well, because the FTC stuff is just completely political, right? Yeah. There's no logic behind the FTC at all. It's like we're doing it. We're just going to try to show to everybody we're we're tough on tech big tech bad yeah. right so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna block it sue to block and we're not we don't even believe strongly enough in our case to file an injunction with federal court because we know we're gonna lose so we're just <laughs> yeah. gonna try to wait out microsoft and hopefully they drop it so then we can say look we did our job we said no to big tech this is what yep. you guys got to look in the future you know that's essentially what the ftc is doing the cma you know they they looked at it more in depth and it's interesting because the CMA is like, cool. we have a couple remedies, like get rid of COD, right? Divest yourself from COD or divest yourself from Activision. And they're like, oh, well, maybe some behavioral remedies would work too, uh, right? And in their thing, they, they talk about one of the things that uh, I feel is ridiculous is that if this deal goes through, that, that Microsoft may have a monopoly or a powerful presence in cloud, right? They use the cloud yeah. thing, which is interesting because it's like, so Microsoft's the only one investing in cloud, right? <laughs> yeah. Even though Sony bought oh. Kaikai back in 2013 and tried to do cloud streaming, completely failed. So Microsoft's the only one trying to make cloud gaming a reality in the space. And it's not even really a market at this point. They're the ones only, they're the only ones investing, trying to make it a thing. And the CMA is being like, uh, 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 uh. you got too yep. much of a head start. 
uh, you have to, you know, put your hands behind your back and tie your, you know, uh, handcuff yourself because you know, what if Sony wants to do it later? And it wouldn't be fair because it would be completely out of reach because you would dominate it. But it's like, they're the only one actually trying to make it a reality. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like the whole remedy thing, uh, you know, Gaz about like, think about it like this. If they're okay with Xbox divesting themselves from COD, then they would be okay with Microsoft and cloud gaming. So they're essentially saying that one IP yeah. is big enough to cause uh, less than competition in the cloud game. They're saying that well, just that one thing because well, they're then, okay with COD being divested. Therefore, they're in the argument about cloud gaming goes through the window because they would be okay with it, right? Exactly. Well, then, then they do add that clause that we would also take into account behavioral remedies. Yeah, but it, depending on who one. you listen to, it's like they either don't mean that or they mean it, right? Michael yeah. Pactor is like, oh, this deal is going to go through by mid-May. They recognize this, but then I think Boom had someone on uh, Luke or something on his podcast who was like a lawyer who went up against the CMA and he's like, no, this, I give it like a 10 percent chance of passing they're definitely gonna have to do structural remedies so depending on the analyst you listen to you're getting a bunch of different theories mm. about what would happen i don't have a lack background in law like gaz does let alone a mergers and acquisitions background i don't know what's going to happen back to your original point about the idea if if Microsoft offers all these behavioral remedies, whatever they would be, whatever they could satisfy them with cloud gaming and about Call of Duty, and if they don't accept them, and let's say the CMA is only like, listen, we'll only accept this if you divest yourself of COD. You think that is a no-go, a, no, a non-starter for Microsoft, that they'd walk away from the deal and be like, all right, like we're done. Here's your $3 Just billion. Dollars. That's fine. But there's the thing. I don't know if they would walk away. Well, but the if they bluff. divest themselves of COD and make because them I, because COD isn't because when I rank the things that Microsoft bought this deal for, it's King first, Blizzard second, Activision King and COD first. third. Yes, King first, like number one, the That's mobile thing. Said, uh, absolutely, it is. It is like the idea of uh, Phil's even said if they don't have a mobile presence in the future, the Xbox business basically is finished. It's done. It's over. Like, they need mobile. So, like, there is a reality that that I think if they were... Like, I think they'll try to do everything they can to make this go through, including behavioral remedies. But they would have to decide, is it worth getting King and Blizzard if we have to give up Call of Duty? And they would have to make a decision if, it, you know, like, uh, is that what we want for a business? I don't know. I don't think anybody here knows. I don't think anybody talking about it in any of these circles knows. Anybody telling you they, they know for sure what's going to happen with this deal doesn't know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. Control could be different. And I, but I could see a scenario where they're like, okay, you know what? We'll divest ourselves of COD. We'll find a buyer. You know, we'll, we'll sell it to Take-Two. We'll sell it to EA. We'll sell it to Amazon. So they don't even know. own it. Completely divest it from business, give it to make it independent or let someone else buy it. I mean, that would be what they would want. I mean, maybe they could do a scenario where they own the studios and they license it out to like Ubisoft, where like Ubisoft pays them to make Call of Duty, but Ubisoft's the one who publishes it. Very much like how Tomb Raider and the Embracer and Amazon thing, where like Embracer owns uh, owns Crystal Dynamics, but Amazon is publishing the next Tomb Raider game. It could be something like that, but I'm just not so sure to throw away the idea that they would completely walk away if they had to divest themselves from COD because I think there's a scenario where they actually do it because 
King and Blizzard are more important to the future of Xbox and what they're trying to do across mobile and PC uh, than what COD would bring from just like console and game pass i don't know asa what do you think is that is that a possibility yeah there's a few things within it where it's almost like the cma Mm. are trying to call microsoft's bluff and see if they mean it because it is microsoft that said this deal is not about call of duty so the cma is saying sell call of duty and then microsoft are like well we did kind of like it might have been a bit strong with our wording there um but maybe they didn't mean it. Maybe it is all about King and it is all about the cloud. And the cloud thing is also, it's difficult in terms of behavioral remedies because um, the, the console space is easy in terms of what they can offer. It's all very well defined and you can say, right, we're going to put Call of Duty on all of these platforms that we know exist. But you talk about the cloud space and Rand makes very good points in that nobody else is big in the cloud space. Microsoft are the only ones investing in it. So all of the regulators have to be very, very careful not to kind of like stomp that space out before it comes to exist. But at the same time, Microsoft's predictions for that space publicly have been very bullish that it's going to be huge. It's going to be much bigger than the console space. And the CMA cited that Phil Spencer came out and said Sony aren't the competition. Amazon and Google are the competition. Mm -hmm. And they've said Microsoft's Xbox CEO said this. They've said that the competition is in the cloud space. So if that is true, it is very, very difficult to envisage behavioral remedies that are like, we're going to put COD on all of these platforms that don't actually exist yet. We're gonna we're gonna license it out for a low low cost. Trust us, please. You can enforce this. It's difficult to see behavioural remedies in that space, but a lot of what Microsoft has said is being used against them. Like, prove it. Prove that you mean it. Oh yeah. They when, remember when we were talking about Nintendo and it was like, well, Nintendo because they were like, you know, uh, they need COD, but it was like Nintendo's been doing awesome without COD. CMA literally turned around and threw Microsoft's own words in their face and be like, oh, but you said in 2021 that your true competition is PlayStation and Nintendo's a competitor, but to a much lesser extent. So like CMA has been throwing some of the, and the way that the Microsoft handled the Bethesda acquisition about whatever they told the yeah. European commission, right? And they're saying, well, maybe we can't trust you about your promises because you said this to the European commission, but then you made all their games exclusive so it's like eh. but then wouldn't the behavioral remedy were like it's it's you know government approved and like they have to regulate like you know that would essentially solve that but i don't know what's going to happen with this i'm sick of it guys it's been going on for a year and some months i'm like totally over it at least give me some juicy jim ryan quotes that i can make fun of because i love myself some jim ryan and we're not even getting that we're getting bobby kotick out here being like they won't return our phone calls and stuff and bobby kotick is awful so it's like whatever and it's just i'm just so over this at this point just either like walk away and do whatever you need to do or let's get it done and get it over with because I don't even know what happens if they walk away because I think ABK needs this deal more than Microsoft needs this deal. 100% they do. 100% they do. So you say that, but it was actually also noted that ABK stocks ignoring the deal, if you take the deal out of it and pretend it was never happening in the first place, their stocks actually bounced back quite nicely because relative to all of the other major publishers, they got back on their feet releasing games much much more strongly than well, anybody it's because, else well that's because, because modern Warf- 
Modern Warfare 2 was way more successful than Vanguard, and they also released Overwatch 2. So they their revenue was up, like, what, 60% year over year because they actually released stuff people wanted. But I don't think that's always going to be the case, right? Especially Activision used to release though. all these yeah. other games in the years past, but now there's Call of Duty Machine. And they were going to skip this year where Call of Duty 2023 was just going to be... Right. Uh, 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 like a Call of Duty Modern Warfare Year Two, and it really wasn't going. To, but but that plan's changed now. It's its own separate game because they know. Yes, yeah, that, that's what Tom Henderson's reporting is like. Activision knows that the strength of their stock and all those things is tied to the revenue that Call of Duty brings in yearly and how strong yeah. Warzone Two, Warzone and Warzone Two are. Right. So, if you're independent, you have to shit out of Call of Duty every single year. Like, you can't skip because if you do, the stockholders are going to be like, well, wait a minute, because our year-over-year revenue is going to decline immensely and our stock price is going to drop, right? And you yep. can't always release an Overwatch 2 as well. So, to me, it's I think it's clear that, like, Activision's time as an independent publisher is sort of nearing its end because they've basically only they only want to make games that are billion dollars and make all this money but now you have to have 10 studios making helping out on one cod game that comes out every single year and the only like people that could help were essentially the first party public the first party console manufacturer sony mike where they could be like we'll take you on and we can sort of free you from it where it's like you don't need to release a call of duty every single year it can be yeah. every other year exactly. and we could do other single things so I feel like ABK needs to deal more because they won't be able to uh, break the cycle of Call of Duty and their stocks will go down. But like Xbox, X, I think Xbox's future is way brighter and way more vibrant with Activision Blizzard. Um, without it, it's like, okay, now what do you need to do? Because clearly from what they said, you have to go after mobile, right? You have Because I know there's this whole fanboy fantasy Get you sort of mentioned this, Gaz, <laughs> of like, all right, now you got seventy billion dollars to play with, or sixty-seven after you give three billion to Bobby Kotick for walking away, right? What are you going to spend that sixty-seven billion dollars on? And there are people out there, oh man, they're going to spend the sixty-seven billion dollars, and they're going to buy Capcom, and they're going to buy Sega, and they're going to buy this, and they're going to trip, they're going to money hat every single AAA game in the space and take them all away from PlayStation. But that's not realistic. You know that's not going to happen. What they're going to do is they're going to Microsoft is probably going to reinvest some of that money into what uh chat gpt right now ai which seems to be the hot thing and yeah xbox will be like all right we need to you know we 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 need mobile so they need to target something mobile they probably would also look at some other studios or publishers like you could probably go get a a sega if you wanted to because sony's not going to come out there crying that they can't live without sonic right you couldn't make those arguments so you could probably do some of those things if you wanted to uh but the idea of them spending all that money on xbox i think is absurd like they'll they're microsoft they're going to reinvest right like so it's just i also think there's this thing where if the deal does goes through and they spend the 70 billion dollars you spent 77 billion dollars on xbox you're locked in on the future of, of the brand essentially for a long long time even after satya leaves at some point right like satya and phil are going to leave at some point and who knows if the next ceo is going to view gaming the same way that Satya views it, or the next head of Xbox is going to have the same strategy that Phil does. You know, what so if you like in on for the seventy billion? So yeah, but it's... like you're not. If you seventy billion goes away and it's only just Bethesda for seven billion, and if like let the worst case scenarios happen where 
you know, the revenue that Microsoft was bringing in this year for Xbox constantly decreases maybe they're like all right well this isn't ex- we're not going to invest in xbox anymore you're on your own we're, we're done with it because uh, the the our view is like we're going to invest in all these other ai things that are potentially going to make us more money um so i'd be very i'd be very interested what what would in what would happen if the deal went through because i think that's a big black eye for microsoft if it really does like they have the highest paid lawyers in the world and you couldn't push this through at all like that is that is a black mark um, that is ridiculously black eye because ultimately the company has not spent this much money in its existence as a corporation microsoft 70 billion on an acquisition like this that's a huge black mark that would also call into question the future viability of Xbox's brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I know PlayStation fans like to say, oh, you're going to spend 70s. I, I don't know why PlayStation fans and Sony don't look at it as a compliment that Xbox literally had to spend $77 billion to even sort of bring themselves on the level that PlayStation is currently. Like, if that was me and I was like the, the leader in the ge- whatever, in whatever field I'm in, and my competitor had to spend all that money to even get even with me or even slightly below me, I'd be like, man, damn, look how much better I am than you. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Cool. Like, isn't, wouldn't that be a, isn't that a compliment? It's, still, it's like, it is, you had to spend $77 billion to even get, you weren't even going to pass us. You're still going to be underneath us. I don't know. Albert G is in the chat. Every time he's a pro Sony thing, he's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I would find whoever paid me that huge compliment and have them assassinated immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Lulu might. Um, But Alvin with a $5 super chat. Thank you, because Microsoft hasn't gone $70 billion balls deep into this. Just a a tiptoe out where the water gets choppy. They're going to see it through to whatever end. Yeah, but is there, is there, like, let's say the CMA, let's just say the CMA blocks it. Right. They don't Microsoft's like couldn't convince them with the behavioral remedy and Microsoft doesn't want to do a structural remedy, right? Mm. So CMA is like, all right, guess what? It's blocked. Is there really a recourse like there is in the FTC? I I think there's some tri- tribunal thing, but doesn't yeah. it flip it back to basically the CMA themselves in a tribunal? No, to, it doesn't. I don't I don't really know the, the UK law. Tribunals rebuked the CMA as early as August last year when they had uh, I forgot what the case was, but it's like you there it was, it was completely spurious. There were no merits that they rebuked the CMA quite badly. It was in one of my videos. Like they didn't, the, the, the tribunal will not, they will look at it like a court does, like proper arbitration. There'll be a and full on like media. Editors, what happens if media, the, sorry, like a judge, sorry. What happens if the uh, European, European Commission, because they're the other one in this, what, we don't know what they're thinking. I mean, I guess the rumors are that they're more pliable towards the deal than the other ones but you you, you don't know i mean it's just funny because i remember this I time last year it. everybody was like oh deal's gonna go through no problem everybody was yeah. like that deal gonna the problem <laughs> yeah de- well special nick was like deal's gonna be done by september no big deal september he was arguing with me in the discord i've got the receipts i saved because like are you, are you sure because oh like you don't know how it works i'm like uh-huh. if i posted that it would make him look bad but i'm being nice just gonna be nice. Here, yes <laughs> He's just going to say it here on Go Live, the Saturday <laughs> evening talk show. I'm not going to read it out. Uh, he's a nice guy. I like him. Uh, but yeah, look, I think the deal will go through. I think broader than this is 
the fact that big business cannot be curtailed in this way over uh, the posturing of a reasonably bold and FTC that wants to make some political point scoring points because it, especially on a case which I believe in, and forget the biases, all that nonsense. I think on on the facts of it, they have a relatively easy case. Is the eye watering some that's blinding a lot of things, but the consumers will benefit. They'll get more value from it. People will save money. The employees want it. We know the employees want it because the head of the snake, Bobby Kotick, is there. As long as he's there, it's going to suck. Diablo's got issues. All fans want the uh, Activision Blizzard, to Blizzard especially, to come back. We're going to know, like, Diablo's devs are, like, coming out. I've seen so many devs on Twitter. They're just saying, like, oh, the flip. You're the reason why Overwatch 2 sucks. You're the reason why Diablo is going to be shit. We don't even know we're going to we're going to cutting out content already this summer. Like my battery's dying. Uh, it's like it is an easy, well, not easy case. That's the wrong word. It is a strong, a very strong case in favor of Microsoft. We're just dealing with regulators, in my opinion, don't really understand the merit of the industry and the backdrop around it. I just don't think that you might think, oh, well, there's $70 billion. But nascent cloud market. So can, can, who can make an argument here? Acer, that the nascent cloud market is going to be impacted by Microsoft. And Ryan says quite... Yeah, that'd be in a opinion, really strong position. I don't know how you can dismiss that argument. Like, it's complicated because we don't know how that market is going to develop. But it's Microsoft that have said that it's going to be huge and it's going to be the future of all of gaming. So... It's yeah. hard to see anybody else being able to compete with them. I don't think that is an argument without merit. I just don't think that trying to curtail Microsoft from investing in that is necessarily the right way forwards either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, curtailing them from investing in a nascent market isn't the solution uh, to anything. There are no competitors there. So, sorry, Ham, you've been sitting there listening to the CMA chat, which isn't exactly the most exciting chat, but... Before I go, I want to know, what do you think this deal, deal will go through, the ABK deal? Oh, I think it will, but not without something, you know. I'll take the pound of flesh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're going to have to, in, in, in my opinion. And, and I think, I really think Microsoft kind of knew this going into it, that, hey, that they, they just maybe weren't sure what, like, like probably they, they probably went on ahead and said, yeah, Call of Duty is going to be a, a, a hot button issue. Um, and you've seen how quick they were to react. Oh, yeah, we're already on the phone with y'all trying to get 10 year deals. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like they were so quick to, 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 to run to the phone and call. And I mean, hell, when they announced the Activision Blizzard deal. <laughs> I remember they were like, Phil's on the phone with, with Jim Ryan right now on Channel 5 yep. News. Like, <laughs> like, like it was, it, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was really fast. So Microsoft knew that this was going to be a slippery deal going into it. I think that they're going to get what they want, but they're not going to get the whole pie. Okay. I think, I think I agree with you there. Um, and then. I still don't think divestiture is going to be something that they well, obviously don't want it, but I still don't think they will want to entertain it. But if they keep getting resistance, they'll be more inclined to accept it. Um, such a L if that happens, in my opinion. I think the law, the legal team need to. I know it's a lot of political affair, 
but I, th- um, I think that would just be some, something bad. Rand, uh, Ham makes a good point, uh, but I don't know. Do you think Microsoft actually knew this was going to be as hard uh, an uphill battle as it is now? Because I don't know. Um, tough to say. It's really tough to say. Uh, I mean, they talked about how if this deal was four years ago, it would go through no problem, right? Previous yeah. administration. Um, I, th- mm, I don't know if they anticipated Sony's all-out strategy to stop it. I think they may have underestimated Sony in that regard. And that yeah. may have hurt them because they seem to have pre- presented a good argument to some of the regulators, like the CMA um, yeah. and the European Commission, that, hey, we're going to be really hurt by this. And it's like, okay, you need to really look in this deep. So maybe there is some to that. I mean, but they did say, like, you know, we expect this deal to be... That's why they didn't... They didn't that's why they're like, oh, we expect this deal to close by September of this year, like other people said. They were like June of the following year because they knew it was going to go through the ringer, right? It's a $70 yeah. billion dollar acquisition. I, I sort of feel like they knew it would take this long. I don't know if they expected the full opposition uh, that is currently going on. Especially um, UK, right? I think yeah. I think what they didn't anticipate what what Microsoft didn't anticipate is how well Sony was going to be able to coerce naive people into helping them. Oh, source. So, I mean, so you think Sony's I'm, actually successfully swayed some regulators in their arguments? I, I I feel like us as gamers and those of us that like look at news fairly often are looking at this like Sony, you must be working some sort of like 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 you like like you working that thing in bed or something like like like, like, like you gotta be doing something insane because us all as gamers and even I, 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 I've, I've seen many PlayStation fans even be like like really like this is this hard to do right now like really mm. and it's just like in my opinion I think yo if you can get somebody that's in charge of something massive to get mad about something that they don't really know about. Sony did it well. <laughs> and, did, and Sony did it really well. They're like, yo, these guys don't know what the heck they're doing with gaming, but I can tell them that this is going to bother them. This well, is going to mess with their money. And, oh, and as soon as they said, that's going to mess with our money, they got, they, they got mad. Oh. And, the, and, 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 and that's where we're at today. We're just sitting here trying to figure out, you know, what can Microsoft say to look smart? Because oh. what they have said a few times is put their foot in their mouths, especially with the, oh, I had no idea about Call of Duty thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was bad. That was really like, bad. Like, 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 Mar- oh, yeah. like Microsoft. You can't play dumb better than Sony in this situation. You can't. 
Yeah. You're going to have to be smart and have your freaking facts on pen and paper. And and, and you see right now, they, they, they just got done talking in the chat. I mean, what's his name? Uh, is super thrilled about it. I think it's uh, Tando or whatnot. He keeps like posting the exact same thing about breaking news. FTC granted Sony's motion to limit scope of Microsoft subpoena. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that post like posted on there like three or four times already. But um, <laughs> by, by the same person so um i'm not, I'm not but, getting but, that. but yeah i think yeah. um i honestly think uh all in all this is gonna go through it's just gonna definitely uh they're, 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 they're gonna get stabbed a couple times on the way out the dough i think they I, definitely <laughs> someone is taking that pound of flesh i think the deal will go through i think once this whole the ftc and regulators are more concerned actually in my opinion more the ftc this applies to than the other ones to make it look like they have done something they can say see we made big business buckle and they have to have to attack a 70 billion dollar microsoft they're licking their lips that there it is that transaction that they wanted they cannot appear weak and ultimately it'll come down to pr so microsoft says all right in addition to the 10 years we will give you i don't know something cl- cloud-based or something stupid or 15 years and then that will be enough because i think when it comes to the merits of the case any court looking at it will pass the deal uh or vote or judge in favor of microsoft but we'll see but this your thank you so much for the super chat because lads we underestimated jim ryan man he's working 24 7 he has been whispering in the ears of uh the uh ftc and regulators everywhere worldwide and in brussels as we know it's like the benny jessera in dune just spreading spreading the propaganda but yeah look let's see where this goes i'm I'm with rand i'm so sick and tired of talking about this deal i just want it to be done or not done so we can just talk this about is something definitely else but the it's point something in the timeline where i make us talk about it all the time because you've made us talk about it all the time for the last year and whatever <laughs> now we're gonna do <laughs> it sorry. now that you're bored of it i'm gonna make it come up every week mm. sorry everyone just if, if we're gonna do talk it. about it give not me ready. some juicy jim ryan quotes you know the juicy jim ryan is, has done it he's wiped his lips out he's just ready he's wiped his mouth he's i've done what i've done let's see what these guys now just struggle and squirm and that's why sony's not on the phone calls why would you be if you're sony well done you played your cards right like you did everything underhanded or whatever you did what you had to big business and self-preservation not something to really admire as a competitive spirit especially for a japanese company i don't think sony has anything to lose you go all out to try to get it blocked if you get it blocked I think business back, you know, is business as usual. If it doesn't go through, or if it does go through, you already know that Microsoft can't take it away from you, right? Yeah. So it's like, what what scenario, why why should we work with you when we can work and try to make it so the deal completely gets blocked, which is more beneficial to us and our business? So. And that's why that's why I'm praying someone at Phil Spencer or someone has the balls to say set an example once this deal goes through and says we are now aggressive and I mean properly aggressive and this is all based on your relationship with us. So if they have any background talks, Shui Shi is like, oh yeah, happy but by the way, shout out to Shui Shi, it's his birthday. He's the only one of the few execs I actually really like on Sony. Uh, shout out to him and Sean Layden he's gone but I really liked him uh, but yeah shout out to him um, happy birthday Shui um, 
but yeah, I just want an aggressive Microsoft. And when I see things like that, I like it. I'm like, finally, stop being nice, guys. Go raw. But if Microsoft does like, like you say, they want King for the mobile and then they're going to scurry away and focus on AI, then I'm like, why am I backing Microsoft? Because you don't even believe in Xbox as strongly as I do. So it's like, hmm. So let's see. Let's see how it goes. Um, I, I believe in the brand. I just want it to do well. Um, and the more and more, it just kind of reveals it's just, uh, it's all money based and it's all mobile based. And it's like, well, I'm so naive now. I'm in my mid 30s, like talking about this brand, like it's an extension of my gaming identity. Oh, we're having dumb. an epiphany live on air. Here we go. Oh my lord. Wow. It's, not live on air. it's always a pervasive conversation in my head, but I give <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. Microsoft gives hangs a, a little bit there. Of all the companies, who do you want me to align with? PlayStation. They'll give a fuck. They just care about themselves. Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't give a shit. It's charging you $17 for what? It's because we can. And don't we give you a statement. Here it is. Go suck on it. I, I mean, Microsoft, at least it's human. It's like <laughs> even this trillion dollar company just so mis makes so many mistakes. <laughs> it makes so many. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> at least it to err is to be human and that's why i always back the underdog because the microsoft fucks up so many times but it's like you gonna say you back the underdog <laughs> is xbox is the underdog xbox is the underdog who is the underdog in this space don't say no, i'm throwing 70 billion dollars around so yeah, and they'll still be the underdog if it actually goes through too, which shows you the 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 gulf Make some games between them. Are making our lives difficult or my life difficult. <laughs> Listen, man, Xbox is the good guy in this. It is. It is the good guy. I'm sorry, chat. It hey, is Xbox. Guys, where can I send the invoice for the extra overtime that I have to charge you for being I'm so sorry. on the show? Oh shit, man! So I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. As we've covered all our talks, we're talking shit now. Um, but Asa says he loves Microsoft. Uh, thank you so much, everyone in chat, for being and bearing with us through the FTC talk as well. In fact, the numbers spiked when we were talking about the FTC, which is like, wow, you guys really want to? Uh, you're really interested in it. But I think most of you will. I hope. I think just just end it. Uh, let's see. Let's see what happens, Asa. Before we get the Jensen outro, tell us how you're going to play whatever the shitty game you're playing on VR. That's, that's not even a real question. Yeah, I'm going to be doing stuff. Um, all the VR things. I've obviously got PlayStation VR 2 coming in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, I will still be on my PC VR running around on my treadmill, having lots of fun with that, but also playing some of the good old, old pancake games as well, because I like lots of different things. Um, I, I know I go in quite hard championing VR, but I do like normal games as well. It's like um, you can still enjoy movies when you like games. I like games more than I like movies, but I can go and watch a movie and enjoy it. VR is just that next level up for me. So I'll be doing a lot of that. I'll be on my channel on Thursday and maybe some other live things that I don't really know. Let's just get to the gifts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, well, what poll do you want me to do, chat? Everyone say do a poll. Poll for what? Sorry, I didn't follow. Rand, Elthor19, before you hit me with an invoice with eye-watering figures now that you're a celebrity, I hope you had a good time. <laughs> and please tell people know where you are. Where you I mean, What's in your life? It's, it's, it's always great to be here with, with you guys and Asa. Asa, remember last week you said that 
was it revenge is a be- dish best served cold when i was like oh, i guess asa or whatever was that last week or the week before <laughs> it was, yeah and it's not yeah. done yet around we're still friends yeah, I, I guess that's true and uh <laughs> you know we got ham here he, uh, is that why you brought up revenge are you gonna come get me <laughs> yeah well you might want to cancel you might want to you might want to check your followers on on, on on twitter i ain't following you no more after you oh lord you, you, t- you talk that shit about me i'm very <laughs> upset about that How oh you got you? this dirt griggity impersonations <laughs> but yeah it's always good to be here with you guys so yeah that's Thank it for you. me thanks for hope everybody me. has a good rest of the weekend I'm gonna play some Hogwarts Legacy, and uh, maybe reading a book. Gaz, you know book. I read a book. Good I'm book? gonna read Neuromancer. It's a really good cyberpunk book. Um, that's supposed to be dank. So I'm gonna read that and you. Uh, so it's not about me. Last but certainly not least, the gentleman who finally fixed his microphone. But I hope. I'm so sorry. I know what it's like. Is you. You were really eager to get on, which was really nice to see. And then the microphone problems happened. But it wasn't so oh, bad. Yeah. We heard you for most of it. Hope you had a good time, man. Tell the people uh, where you can find you, Brad. I did, and the whole the whole microphone thing just made it like extra just panicky. It just sucked for I'm that sorry. part. But like I still I still really had a good time uh conversing with you, Asa, and Rand. Um it was an absolute blast. Got to hear some fantastic points, definitely learned what not to say to Rand uh, live <laughs> because because the the man got yeah, uh, like it's pretty simple. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I was very passionate about like it was like like Hogwarts Legacy is what I'm going to be playing um, coming up. Absolutely loving that game. But as for where you can find me, please, please, please check out my channel. I I do a show with Loke every week. Um, He's my other panel member. But TSWS Gaming is the channel that I'm on and the channel that I run. We are nearing 500 followers right now so way less than rand or or asa or gaz or any of these guys yeah yeah you gotta start from somewhere but i've been pumping out some fantastic um content i've had everybody that's on the panel on behind them sticks in the past i recently had um seamus blackley the creator of xbox on my channel to be the exact same show so please definitely go check that out i'd love to see you guys in the chat uh the chat has been fantastic and and i talk about all different things so it's not just xbox or 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 pc or place like 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 i try to give love to everything but i'm an xbox guy at heart first that's my preference thank you guys for having me on i really appreciate it and i hope to come back at some point Absolutely, we'd love to have you, and hopefully your microphone works next time. But you know, honestly, we had a great time. Uh, thank you, and I'm ha- I'm glad both of you gents had a uh, had a great time as always. And everyone in chat, thank you. Please hit the like button if you did enjoy the show. Um, I'll just quickly sign up. But before that, just to let you know, I'm working on a source video. But before that, I'm working on something very different, very special. Superhero fans, you're gonna love it. Uh, one video. It's cool. The second video after that is going to be something more ambitious than I've ever done. So I'm really excited. Uh, So please hit the like button, share, subscribe, and I will be pushing videos earlier to members. I didn't get the last one because I was running out of time, but members will get it much earlier. So hopefully you like the videos. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Peace.